recording is supposedly going so yeah uh welcome back guys uh we are finally back from our prolonged winter break uh for session eight really nine if you count session zero um i don't really have really anything of note uh except for the fact that uh, for those watching uh Mirthrin, or not Mirthrin, uh beckett will be unable to join us this week um but otherwise we still have the same crew the same ship every everything is as we left it uh before break um unless anyone else has any announcements of their own why don't we go ahead and do the captain's log all right uh captain's log stardate 54901.3 the star charts provided to us by the zavoisie have provo have proven a great help to starfleet's exploration of the sabine expanse rear admiral thessio has transferred his flag to the deep space dadless now that it has reached operational status and has ordered us even closer to the borders of the sector i've been informed that a diplomatic team has also arrived and will be opening formal negotiations with the zavoisie the Ophion has, is once again in uncharted space, investigating some of the phenomenon mentioned in those star charts, but unexplored. We have just completed surveying a dark nebula that the crew has dubbed Spider's Reach. Long black tendrils stretching across a blue-green gas field made for some spectacular picked captures. We have no direct heading, so I've left it to the bridge crew to take turns picking a destination. Lieutenant Shatsu has called this taking the second star on the left. There is a lot to explore out here, and it's nice to take the time to explore it. Ophion's limitations are becoming apparent, however. This is a warship first and a science vessel... maybe third, maybe? Either way, sensors are limited, even after Gamma Shift decided to perform some unsanctioned improvements to them. I'm not certain that a 5% increase to the sensors is worth a 2% decrease in deflector output, but Merthrin begrudgingly agreed that the ship will not fly apart if a micrometeoroid hits us at warp speed. Such improvements need to be approved by him if Gamma Shift wished to keep their ranks in the future. <laughs> oh, those dirty Gamma Shifts. They get you every time. Alright, so uh, yeah, as the captain's log uh, details, you all are what seems to be the standard opening of our episodes or sessions in that you are just sort of flying about, exploring what's out there. And right now, you're kind of just at a low, sedate speed of probably about warp 3 or warp 4, uh, scanning as you go. And we start the scene with all of you on the bridge, uh, save Mirthrin, unless Mirthrin, you want to be there. Um, and you're just kind of looking at an empty view screen at the moment. There's nothing but the stars flying by. And... Kind of in a means to fill the silence, uh, Lieutenant Shatsu uh, just sort of comments, uh, Captain, are we sure we want to let Gamma Shift get away with their whole sensor enhancement thing? I'm sure I don't. <laughs> Mirthrin's um, objections were logged to me early this morning, so I'm, I've asked Mirthrin to reset their uh, improvements over the next day or so and Gamma Shift will <clears throat> I'm thinking that we should revoke their access to the sensors for the time being at oh. least for modification purposes 
Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I And she looks at uh, Locke when she says this as almost to solicit his feedback on the matter. Um, I actually kind of enjoy the, the 5% boost in efficiency. It just, since I wasn't warned about this change, it's I've probably spent the last two or three hours reworking my workflow. Definitely uh, changes the, the smoothness of the ride, noticeably. But um, I do like the extra bit of resolution here. I can get some, it's not quite more distance, but I can definitely get a little bit more detail than what we passed by I work. I mean, intellectually, I don't mind the shift and focus on the systems, but if they hurt my baby... Merthrin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've only been at this, we've only been out here for a couple months and you've already adopted her as your own child, huh? At some point, the Stockholm Syndrome kicks in. <laughs> I think, actually, I think engineering is that section of the bridge. We'll say you're present just for shits and giggles. So, uh, Mirthrin, uh, I would actually like you to roll me a uh, insight plus engineering, and it's just going to be at a difficulty zero. This is a, a free momentum generator for you. Uh, insight engineering. <clears throat> two dice um any would computers work here um power systems would work here no i do have power systems Ooh. oh dear oh boy oh, we're oh. off to a good start yeah this is this is a good sign um okay so obviously you will succeed because it is a difficulty zero task but we'll have to deal with the complication um so your initial success uh, will yield the fact that if you were to route the reciprocating interface relay through the primary dualytic inverter, you could actually make it so that the 2% loss in deflectors would be negligible. Like you would completely nullify it out and you would just have basically a free 5% increase in uh, sensor efficiency. The caveat to that is, is that in order to do such modification, your ship, or rather the Ophion, will have to drop out of warp and stay at station keeping for somewhere on the order of, we'll say, four to six hours. It's not something you can do at warp reliably. Uh, Captain? Yes? Uh, I think I might be able to compensate for the drop in deflector shield strength. Uh, next time we stop at a planet, uh, permission to attempt to re uh, reroute the reciprocating EPS conduits? So long as the planet we stop at doesn't prove hostile? Certainly. Excellent. Where are we going? What's, what's along our current path there, uh, Mr. Locke? Look, um, let me just pull up our new fancy sensors. Let's see, uh... Class 5 star, few small uh, gaseous anomalies, nothing particularly noteworthy. And also, they move the taskbar up to the top of the screen. I hate that. <laughs> yes, it's true. I'm trying to remember, they've changed the entire desktop setting here. Almost as if to kind of accentuate this, uh, both Pinex. And Shatsu's consoles will begin beeping at you, at them. And uh, when you, when the two of you look uh, at your console, 
you realize that there is an audio message, an audio only message uh, that has been picked up on a lower frequency band. We're receiving an audio message, Captain. Well, that's interesting. Let's have a listen. So you pipe this message through the bridge speakers and immediately the bridge is filled with these sounds of clicking and hissing and other insectoid-like noises. It's kind of like standing in the middle of a rainforest in that it sounds more like a a cacophony of beings rather than a a single entity. Uh, Either way, uh, the Universal Translator is completely stumped. It has no similar languages for comparison, assuming, of course, that what you're hearing is even a language to begin with. Um, the message lasts on the order of about uh, about a minute, and then it starts just repeating itself. As if we can tell. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's a very hard thing to tell, but there's like a subtle clicking uh, sequence <clears throat> that would signify that it is on loop. After realizing it's on loop, I'll just motion that it be cut off. Alright, so... Um, I'll, keep, I'll keep repeating it through the Universal Translator to see if they can discern any sort of pattern to it. Appreciated. Um, if we have if we have any records of other insectoid languages in our database that might not be in the uh, communications database, please uh, tie those in as well. See if we can't pick something out of this. Do we have a des- do we have a source of this transmission? That's what I was just about to, to look at, Captain. Alright. So uh, obviously any of you at a station, uh, meaning pretty much anyone but the captain, since you know, the captain's at his command chair. Um, anyone who wants to, but I will want to uh, stress that it should only be one person with up to one person assisting, so decide who's going to do the main role. Um, the task here and I double-check this, so I'm hopefully doing it right. It should be a reason plus science on the part of whoever is doing the character role. And then the ship will be assisting with sensors plus science. And again, this is at a difficulty zero role, because I want you guys to have some momentum just in case. I should probably do the main role. It's kind of my, my power stats. Okay. Uh, who would like to roll for the ship? Uh, I can. Okay. Just grab the sheet here for a second. What was it for the ship again? Science Sensors plus science. Probably don't have any focuses. All right, that's already one success and one momentum. All right, so you get a momentum. It's something. Uh, so... Lock your knowledge of subspace transmissions and based on what you're reading in the nearby sector you're pretty sure that the transmission originated from what looks to be a class j planet so a gas giant uh in a nearby star system designated x364 and i this is also a good opportunity for remind you all that um, like this role and several that are likely to follow, um, you guys can spend momentum generated to ask additional questions. Hmm. Is this Class J planet within our sensor range? Oh yeah, uh, it is maybe about a hour diversion to head to this sector. 
or head to the star system. Lieutenant Locke, I want a full sensor sweep of that system. Yes, sir. You might need to get a little bit closer, but before I can get a full read. Sona, divert course, please. Aye, sir. And you guys see um, the, the stars shift, or the stars begin to shift on the view screen as the ship subtly adjusts course. Would, um, if, uh, would it cause momentum to ask the question if, um, are there, from the lists of information we've already received from Zavazi, do they mention anything about insectoid species? They do or not. Um, okay. And I'm giving this to you free. Um, the only other life forms that they have really encountered that are quote-unquote intelligent are a race of what are basically like centaurs. Um, and the centaurs were not quite warp capable yet. I mean, they were obviously in the motions of developing such technology, but it's kind of like the Ferengi situation. Like, uh, this particular racing question might be more interested in just buying warp technology uh, than actually developing it themselves. At least I'm pretty sure that's how the Ferengi did it. Well, according to some lore, Klingons acquired warp technology by raiding a a vessel that landed on their planet and stealing their tech, so, you know. Yeah. I believe that's also the case with the Nausicans, so it happens. Yeah. Well, isn't, that, isn't that how... They, oh, no, they had an alliance with the Romulans. That's how they got the cloaking devices. Well, not anymore if you believe Discovery, but that's... <laughs> Three spicy on that. Oh, dear. All right. So, um, does anyone want to do anything in particular uh, during this hour journey to X364? Um, get a full sweep of the system. That would be nice. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I'm um, is that there and scan away? Okay. So, uh, I'll give this to you free again. Uh, but obviously, once you get in system and scan, uh, we'll do an actual task roll and see if you guys can get more momentum. But even at this distance, uh, you'd be able to tell that the X three six four system is fairly simple. It's got uh, one class Y demon world. It's got one class J gas giant and a class A blue white sun. It's pretty normal and you're not really seeing any installations or uh, colonies or, you know, even places for life to really be in the system. It's kind of odd. It's just a unremarkable dead system, Captain. I'm not detecting any any um, size source of life. We could be dealing with some sort of vessel, which might make it a little harder to track down the signal. Well, for all we know, this is a distress call. If I know if I was tra trapped around a Class J planet, I'd want someone to come help me. Well, we, um, when we get closer, I'll see if I can identify any moons around the glass drive. Yeah. Um, Helm, set a course, a high orbit around the Class J world. Hi, sir. Right. So, uh, unless anyone wants to interject with something they'd like to do, we'll just skip ahead a bit. And uh, you guys will arrive in the X364 system. And sure enough, uh, Sona immediately begins to engage Impulse and head towards the uh, gas giant. Uh, along the way, uh, Locke, if you would like to do another uh, Reason Plus Science and the ship... 
uh, sensors plus science. And again, we'll do this at difficulty zero because you guys could use the momentum. Targeted scan probably applies for a focus. Probably, yeah. Oh, gosh. Ooh. Okay. Is it, wait, is the ship supposed to be rolling two dice? Nah, ship always rolls one. All right. Um, so I'm going to give you the option here. I can either create a complication for you, or I can take the threat. Which would you prefer? Complication? I, I don't know about him having threat to throw at us later. <laughs> I don't think we need the complication now. I think threat Caesar. And to put it in perspective, I like at the start of every adventure, I already start with a certain pull of threat. So, oh, I didn't know. Oh yeah, yeah. At every session, I start with a threat that is equal to the number of players present. So for four players, I already have eight threat. Captain. Yeah, captain's discretion. Oh, okay, Captain's I usually just leave it up to those that rolled. Um, hmm. Well, if he's already starting with a pool of threat, then complication at the moment might be more interesting. Alright. Two to one. Alright, so... <laughs> complication it is. Complication it is. So, uh... Locke, you're able to detect something massive on the opposite side of the planet from you. However, uh, as you go to scan uh, this uh, thing, whatever it is, uh, your console begins to hum very highly as if it's about to overload. Uh, I don't think Gamma did a particularly good job with this. Uh, Ensign, your console is... Or Lieutenant, your console... Yeah, it's it's humming, it's humming. Um, and I, I like shut down the, the sensors. Okay, I transfer control of the sensors to one of the back panels, I guess. Okay. Um. So luckily, with the diversion, uh, you don't lose uh your main station. Uh, however, Mirthrin, since you are present, you might want to get working on repairing his console. Um, yes. Mirthrin immediately dashes over to try and get things under control. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll me a uh, a control plus engineering, and we'll call it a difficulty one. It's a fairly simple task. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna oh, note down to give gamma shift extra uh, battle drills. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So Mirthrin, you are. We'll say it's you can still fix it. It's just going to take you a little bit longer. Um. But as Mirthrin like, works... I, I start to fix it and I realize, oh heck no, I'm not going to be able to stop this from exploding, so I just hit the kill switch and just... Yeah, the entire console powers down. Yeah, it's like one of those hard reboot kind of situations. Um, uh, uh, Lieutenant, I'm going to be a while here. I, I guess they overclocked it a little too much to get that 5%. So actually, Mirthrin, uh, when you use your tricorder and as the the console reboots um you realize that it's not necessarily because of the enhanced sensor resolution it's because just the sheer amount of data that was concentrated at the Ophion when it scanned whatever this is in space 
that it threatened to overload the buffer. Uh, actually, as much as I'd like to, I don't think we can blame Gamma Ship for this one. Uh, the console just tried to absorb too much data at once from whatever it is that's out there. Too much? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, there's enough data coming in here to fry the circuits all on its own. Very well. Do you think it's some uh, some sort of feedback attempt to gain control of our system, or uh, no? That that, that would look different. Would it be a potential uh, electronics uh, warfare? I don't believe so. I'm I'm kind of encounter that a little bit, but I did detect something massive over on the far side. Uh, perhaps some sort of ship that's just alien and in, in, um, a fractal design ship might pr provide a little too much information for the sensors to try to unravel. Fascinating. Interesting. Very well. Um, let's switch over to passive sensors for the time being, at least until we uh, can understand what we're looking at. Uh, let's uh, can we sh change the view screen to just display uh, unfiltered outside view? Of course. All right, then let's do. Uh, is the communication is the communication still coming uh, through, or is still or originating from the planet or this object? Uh, the answer is yes, Panek. Yes, Captain. Very well. Let's go around and say hello. All right. So as uh, oh, go ahead. How long is the the message? Is it like a thirty second message or like? Uh, I think it was a minute long. Yeah, a minute long. I'm gonna recommend we go to yellow alert at least and have shields up. Agreed. The two options is it could be as some sort of distress beacon, but it could also be some sort of warning beacon. Very well. Uh, yellow alert. All right. So shields go up and all the uh, all the lights on the bridge uh, shift to a yellowish light. And uh, basically everyone on ship begins to head to their duty stations, kind of a kind of a thing. Um, but as you as Sona kind of takes you around the planet towards the source of the uh, signal, um, the view screen shifts and magnifies and zooms in on a structure that, I would think even to Panek's composure would cause at least a small amount of awe, if not outright amazement. Uh, there, orbiting the gas giant, is a ring world. However, unlike a classic Niven ring world, this one is much smaller and encircles neither the planet nor the star. Uh, sensors indicate that it's got a diameter of approximately 10,000 kilometers uh, and contains a nitrogen-oxygen atmosphere suited for most humanoid life. Uh, you are able to visually see, and sensors will confirm, uh, a wide variety of environments, habitats, and ecosystems, and climates. Uh, so many, in fact, that you could probably spend the better part of a week just mapping the surface. Uh, and to kind of put it in perspective, for those of you who aren't 100% on Trekkie lore... Um, megastructures like this are way, way beyond the Federation's ability to construct. Um, this is almost on the level of building a 
Dyson Sphere. Maybe, you know, maybe not as advanced as a Dyson Sphere, but it's up there. And yeah, and I can put you guys on this map. They're still mapping the inside of the Dyson's, the one Dyson Sphere the Federation's found, so. Yeah. But yeah. Shall you I scan for life forms, Captain? So like, is, is it orbiting the planet, or? Yeah, it's orbiting the glass, the, the gas giant, um, like, like a glorified moon kind of a thing. But, uh, Panek, I think you were asking something. I was asking to have uh, the captain's permission to scan for life forms. Oh, you, 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 you never need my permission to scan for life forms, Mr. Panek. Just do it. I mean, okay, this is impressive. Um, hypothesis, folks. Uh, Takan? It would be the most likely. I um, don't think it quite matches the infrastructure. Can I make a roll to see if it is possibly to come? Ooh, uh, what would we call that? Uh, how does an insight plus engineering sound? Yeah, I was thinking insight plus science. Insight plus science. Um, I'll allow either. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is more sort of a combination of science plus a little bit of history rather than just pure engineering. Well, I mean, it is the aesthetics. Does it match the engineering of the, the construction work they've done previously, architecture-wise? Yeah. It really could go either way, so feel free to roll whichever is better in your case. Okay, I'll stick with engineering then. I uh, don't have any focuses that apply, so I'll spend a momentum to get three dice. Okay, so down to momentum two. Two successes. Two successes. So, uh, you get the momentum back. So, scanning the structure and comparing it to the scans you took of the Takan Solar, the Takan Stellar Transporter, um, you may not be familiar with really what the ring world is made out of and or its purpose, but... You are fairly sure that a different entity, species, etc. made this. Um, to kind of flavor it a little bit, um, this would be the equivalent of, say, a bronze level. Like, if the Takan were bronze level... Uh, no, let me, let me rephrase that. If the Ring World is a bronze level technology or a sword then the Takan are more like an iron or a steel. And this obviously makes you the cavemen with sticks and pointy rocks. So, All right. Well, well this caveman is going to use his studious technique to try and get a second question. Sure, what's your question? Ah, good question. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with... Can I get any sort of any sense of what any anything on the ring that looks like it might be some sort of central control structure? A central control structure. Um, like, like, is there one, or is it just more distributed? I'll give you this since you spent the momentum and you have studious. You are able to detect several 
installations of sorts on the uh, surface of the ring world. And I'll give this to you again because it's part of the same question, really. Um, around the uh, one of the installations in particular are, we'll say, if hundreds, if not thousands of life forms. And more specifically, this is not just your simple flora and fauna, because there's a lot of that too. This is some form of complex entity. And as you probably can guess where I'm going with this, said entity has no similarity to any biosigns on record for all of the species Starfleet has encountered. Um, in addition, this particular installation that you've picked out um, is surrounded by what should or what kind of comes back as uh tritanium alloy construction around it um yeah that's um, that's probably about as much as i can give you for the one question yep so sort of matron sort of fiddles with the senses zeros the view screen in on the live sign and says well captain it looks like we it looks like the place isn't abandoned very well. Is that the only place where we see uh, life forms? Uh, those are the only place that the complex life forms are arranging. The entire ring itself is just alive with flora and fauna. So Shatsu's actually going to speak up at this, and she says, uh, Sir, that's... Well, if I read this right, that's not entirely correct. Um, I, I am reading other complex entities, but... Honestly, I'm I'm not sure what to make of it. It's almost as if they are of a different genius uh, of the same species. And these particular entities are localized in what I am guessing at best might be some sort of farmland. Very well. Okay. Uh, first order of business, data, data, data. Um, let's prepare a couple probes and send them on a circuitous route around the uh, ring world. Try to get as much data as we can without putting our ship sensors in further danger. Um, Hi, Captain. After, and then... Um, is there any indication that these species are, for lack of a better term, native to these Ring world, or is there a any indication of ships or vessels in the near area? Um, I can say if you want to ask that question, those two questions, you would have to spend momentum. I'm all for spending a momentum on that. Unless someone can someone ask two questions on one momentum. Uh, I have studious. But I think that takes. Uh, yeah. a gets you an extra use. question when you do spend momentum. Okay. So I, I guess Panek can uh, ask or query. Okay. So same same two questions. Uh, the questions, yeah. of course, being um, are, are they there... native to the ring world or, or are there ships nearby? Okay. So determining whether really it's it's one of those things where if I were to put say a polar bear uh, in North America. Um, 
sensors would just kind of realize it's a bear, but I don't think, and I could be wrong here, um, it's one of those things where sensors uh, from orbit uh, would not specifically single out this bear as being a polar bear. Um, so I would say it's difficult to the point of it being like a level four or a level five difficulty task to try to insight it from orbit. Um, obviously, if you were to go down to the planet and get hand handheld scans with your tricorders, uh, you would have a much easier time of determining that. Um, but now, to answer... Part, oh, go ahead. A stipulation I'd like to put in is uh, obviously searching for any nearby ships, but also any warp signatures or warp trails that have been going in and out of the system. Okay. Um, so and I'm going to wrap this. I'm going to give you a little bit extra to your question here. Um as Panek, as you and Mirthrin and Locke, as the three of you kind of work in tandem, I would imagine, uh, all three of you working together are going to find that in the first installation that Mirthrin found, uh, there is uh, NX-class comparable technology present, uh, meaning you're seeing polarized fields, you're seeing phase weaponry, and you're seeing a gravimetric field displacement manifold, which, for those unaware of what the Technobabble means, is basically the Warp 5 engine in the 22nd century. Mm. <clears throat> a primitive but capable warp drive. Well, good. That makes what I'm about to ask a little less uh, morally difficult. Um, how do you feel about a trip to mm. you know, planet side, Mr. Panek? Uh, I feel that is the only way that we could determine more, uh, to gather more data. However, it does not make quite as much sense to me that such a primitive uh, technology has come from the same species that made this ring world. I, I would hypothesize that at least the level two civilization near the end of the Kardashev scale would construct something like this. Uh, Agreed. How old is the ring world? Uh, can we tell? Is it? Ah, that's a good question. Um, Do I need to spend a momentum to figure out how old it is? No, nah, I'll give it to you free. I'm just trying to put this in a way that won't spoil things. This ring is probably more ancient than... Got to consider human history once I thousands of years old, millions of years. It is definitely somewhere in the neighborhood of ten thousand years old. Well, it is plenty of time for a civilization to abandon uh, the ring world or move on, and then another species to rise. I mean, uh, humanity is, and Bolians are only um, less than ten thousand years old. That is true. No, 15,000, give or take. But yeah, so I don't know if it's not time for it to evolve, but definitely like for a society to completely collapse and then rebuild itself to warp capability. Or it's possible that uh, these um, individuals came on that ship and decided for whatever reason to set up shop. And the, the one area with NX level technology, Correct. that's close to where the signal's coming from? Correct, yes. Only one way to find out. Yeah. 
assemble your away team, Mr. Panek. Um, take your take that diplomatic officer with you, if you don't mind. Aye, Captain. Alright, so let me start putting tokens down. So, obviously, Panek, you're going. Uh, where is she? Zareed is going. Uh, who else is coming with you? <clears throat> um, what's the name of that? Not the Cardassian pilot, but the other one. The one I, uh, I took. Oh, the Klingon porn person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'd have to go plumbing through notes. But if you wanted a pilot, uh, I actually have one slated for you. Uh, it would be uh, Ensign Wein. Uh, or Wein. Sorry, it's a German name. Uh, and he is actually the Gamma Shift Helmsman. Well, if he crashes the shuttle, I'm going to blame you. That was my next question. Is um, Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, so, so we've got Panek and Zareed. Uh, is Mirthrin going? Um, <clears throat> I think Mirthrin will actually stay on the ship to sort of get readings as he can. I think I'll try bringing along my NPC and for a spin, see how he does. Uh, Ensign Quakenbush, yes? That's the one. Does he have any token art? No. Well, if you can get that uh, uploaded very quickly, I can throw you onto the page. Uh, okay, let me type in extremely British fleet <laughs> officer. I think uh, taking the shuttle would be a much more appropriate uh, because, you know, we haven't even opened dialogue with these people yet. And so just uh, just to suddenly appearing in their, in their command center. Well, we could probably beam some distance away in a nice discreet area. Yeah, but in a shuttle, we can also continuously record sensor data on the way down. Ah, work, work with me here, Google Images. So while uh, while Mirthrin's doing that, uh, is Locke going to come along? Yeah, I guess Locke will come down. Okay. You can be the bridge between us and this gamma shifter. <laughs> all right so uh as uh as you get the token set and i can continue on um so uh panek you assemble your away team uh joining you is a uh rather would you call him buff uh bishop or how would you describe Quakenbush in a in a couple uh, of sentences maybe talk Tall and lanky, for the most part. Okay. So, so with, with, like, with, with, an, with an impressive moustache. Okay. And he's human, right? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, uh, true human, although we, I was, of course, raised on Andoria. Ah. So, uh, obviously, uh, Ensign Quakenbush uh, joined you in the shuttle bay. And uh, the four of you uh, kind of, well, the five of you plus uh, Lieutenant Wine, or Ween, I'm just going to butcher his name. Um, the the five of you uh, kind of clamber into, well, you guys have an option here. Um, you have, again, you have one Type 11, which is the kind of bigger and more spacious shuttle. Uh, you've got two Type 5, which will sit the five of you, but won't fit a whole lot else. 
And then just to remind you, you do also have the Romulan special, if for whatever reason you wanted to take that out for a spin. Well, we don't know how if they've made contact with alien life forms before, so the Romulan special would be able to cloak and get us down there unnoticed. Or give us a good pass over their city. Uh, has have we been practically uh, still illegal? Have we been uh, rotating the pilots on uh, training on the shuttle? Yeah, uh, your your pilots would have no difficulty. Uh, piloting the shuttles unless something really catastrophic happens like, say, your port nacelle blows out in the middle of an ion storm. Then, you know, there might be some problems. I think we'll take a regular shuttle. I don't want to chance anything or, you know, if something happens, suddenly we've given cloaking tech to this, this... If we had open dialogue with these people before, I'd feel a lot better about it, but I don't know. All right. So, just for, again, sake of argument, would you be taking the Type 11 or one of the Type 5s? The Type 11. Okay. So, uh, you all clamber into said shuttle, and uh, your lovely Gamma Shift pilot uh, takes you out of the shuttle bay and down closer to the surface of the ring world. And... Uh, contrary to your fear uh, that Gamma Shift might screw something up, um, this particular helmsman is rather adept at his job. Uh, there is only a small amount of turbulence as you uh, descend through the atmosphere of the ring world. And I think I can put you onto this map. Yes. Um, so to kind of describe what you're seeing as you fly in closer, um, you enter a, almost like a valley between two mountain ridges, and in the distance looms a shimmering gray metal tower. Uh, it's designed in a series of triangles with a tall portion stretching far above the rest. It has all sorts of symbols and ornamentations on its surface, but the Universal Translator is still just kind of going, what the hell are you making me translate? Um, as you get closer and start to look for a landing spot, uh, you're able to pick up the beginnings of a small community. Uh, the rust-colored metal structures are arranged in a fairly intelligent and intuitive fashion, uh, such that they get taller the closer they get to the installation that they surround. So my question is... Um, do you land a little bit uh, ways off and walk in? Uh, do you try and find a suitable location in the settlements? Where are you setting down? Um, recommendations, crew? If we circle around a few times, we'll obviously get noticed and they won't be as worried when we do finally land. It's kind of a signaling our approach, so... Fly to the city and then land in the middle. Or if they come shooting at us, we know precisely what their intentions will be. That too. All right, Helm, give us a few flybys. Uh, Lieutenant Locke, uh, collect all sensor data and stream it back to the Ophion. Hey, sir. All right. That'll have to do as a stock picture until I find something a little more original. No, that'll be fine. I just got to. Uh... <laughs> I was kind of picturing Graham Chapman more, but do it on this works. one. There we go. Uh, Graham Chapman, who's that? 
Let me find From Monty Python. Yeah. Right, give me one second to get his token set up. There is Strats. There it is. And of course, you can uh, see all that. Show name plate save. All right, your token should be set up from now on. Um, cool. So, um, obviously, uh, uh, Mr. Wine, or Ween, it, I'll, I'll get it right eventually. Uh, Ween it's does... It's your character. You can call him whatever you like. Yeah, may, maybe he's name fluid. Who knows? Um, either case, he does a few flybys. Uh, and... Um, in a distance, you make out some sort of figure, but you can't really get a good glimpse of the uh, creatures or the aliens from the height you're flying at. Um, but eventually, uh, Ween does land uh, about a, uh, we'll say a 10-minute walk uh, from this bit of civilization. And, you know, he sets you down, uh, the, sh the engines power down, and he just sort of turns in his chair to the rest of you and says, All right, sir, uh, we're here. Uh, would you like me to come with you, or should I remain here with the shuttle? Come along, but lock the shuttle. Uh, and as we gather our equipment, I'll, I'll turn to uh, Lieutenant Lock and say, Are we going to be able to talk to these people, Lieutenant? Uh, not currently. I'm having trying to cross-reference it with other insectoid species, like the uh, insectoids Indy. But so far, the Universal Translator is having a terrible time understanding this. Well, there are methods that... There are methods of communication that do not require vo uh, voice. We might want to, before we go, um, replicate maybe some sort of whiteboard, some marker, something we can make visual markings with. I leave that to you, because I strap a phaser to my hip. All right. All right. Um, so Zareed is going to bring about a, a marker, marker whiteboard set, and also a series of. Um, I don't want to use the term glow sticks because that would sound too ravey, but yeah, something along the lines of a multicolored glow sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, if all maybe they communicate through colors or scents, in which case these sticks should help some way, shape, or form. Maybe hmm. we'll find out. It's an interesting hypothesis. Hi interesting hypothesis. Um, okay. So, uh, all of you get your gear strapped in and, uh, you know, ready to go for this short walk. And, uh, when you depart the shuttle and lock it behind you, uh, you get all of maybe three minutes away from the shuttle uh, before uh, the aliens, uh, or the Xenos, as I'm probably going to start calling them, um, make an appearance. Like, they come rushing into view uh, in the uh, path that you are currently on. So, to kind of describe the Xenos, uh, all of them possess a shell-like upper body uh, resembling the shape of a layered turtle shell. A head with horns and many insectoid eyes comes out of the front, uh, while a set of arms grows out from the underside. There's a curved tapering section that connects the upper bodies to the lower, and there are 
I mean, just based on what you're seeing, there are two distinct types of uh, creatures that you're able to make out. The first is red in color and has large wings that droop down over its back like a Terran flies. Uh, a, the second type is black in color and possesses both a serpentine lower body and an additional set of arms. And even though there are probably only about five such individuals coming in your direction, um, you see that there are more reds than there are blacks. And I actually have both token art and a handout for you guys. So let me put their tokens on first. Ooh. And then I will show you guys this handout. Mm-hmm. Mysterious aliens. A curious mm. evolutionary diversion. Indeed, possibly a. It's possibly a distinction of genders, or perhaps different uh, castes within a society. Well, I, be... I was thinking sexual dimorphism as well, and some Quackenbush kit scans of these. Well, so, sirs, is it just me, or are they coming in rather quickly? Do, are are they wielding anything that looks like weapons? Like weaponry? Um, the red ones all seem to have, and I would say you would get this either visually or based on your tricorder reading. Um, you would be able to discern that the red ones are equipped with the equivalent of phase pistols. So, you know, same like actual Enterprise, like the series Enterprise level pistols. But they don't appear to be brandishing, brandishing them at you. Um, the black one has a staff that is actually very similar to the one you see uh, in the reference that I showed you. Okay, so they're, they are coming at us with weapons not drawn. That tells they could be explorers like us, or they could simply just be curious. Either way, um, immediate hostile first contact is not looking likely. I'm going to do the, the universal passive sign and and non-hostility and kind of raise my arms up. Okay. Um, Show my yeah, empty hands. Mimic, mimic what the commander is doing. Okay. Um, so obviously the aliens or the Xenos get closer to you. And they stop uh, probably, we'll say like three meters away. Uh, so they're they're close, but not uncomfortably close. And they just kind of tilt their heads and kind of lean in a little bit and kind of get a good look at you. And then the black one uh, slithers a little bit more forward and begins to speak in that insectoid clicking and chittering and still undecipherable noise. I'm going to hope that was an attempt at a universal greeting. Um... With your permission, Mr. Panek? Uh, let us hope that this communication uh, impasse is not too away very well. Agreed. Um, I'll take a couple, a couple steps forward, um, lower my hands, uh, and... My name is Zareed. I represent the United Federation of Planets. Um, we come from far away. I bid, I bid you greeting, and... I'm wondering if you are able to understand us. We cannot visually understand you, or we cannot understand your voice. Um, perhaps you're able to understand our speech patterns. 
Um, are you a if you can understand us, please raise raise your hands. Ah, uh, how do I want to say this? Yeah, the at this point in the adventure, the Universal Translator is still just kind of like, what are you doing? Um, so the Xenos do not raise their hands, but as soon as you're done speaking, the black individual, uh, chitters something that is then followed up by a, uh, a pointing. So one of their sets of arms, uh, points at Zareed since she's in charge or seems to be, and then points back to itself. Well, this is a dead end. Shoot and kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds illogical, even by your standards. Um, I'm... Uh, let's see. He points at me and points at him, correct? Yeah, he points at you and then points at himself. Okay. Well, you know, you uh, don't know what gender they are, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, very well. I'm going to... Let's see. He's either indicating that he is the leader and thinks I am the leader. Um, in fact, I'm going to assume that. I'm going to point to Lieutenant Commander Pinek and then point at him. Okay. So the, the Xenos very subtly shifts so that his head looks at Pinek and he mimics the gesture, this time indicating Pinek rather than Zuri. Yeah. I believe he's asking if you are in command here, Commander. I will mimic his his, uh, his gesture. Okay. So uh, all of the reds behind the uh, black individual kind of lean in and begin uh, speaking to themselves. And uh, the black individual kind of turns and gives almost like a low hiss. And uh, this gossiping, at least what you're assuming is gossiping, uh, very quickly dies down. And as the... Uh, individual in charge turns back to you uh it makes a kind of a sweeping gesture that uh you might discern as either an indication to follow them or that they want you just to come closer it's it's not really clear um well i'll so they don't appear hostile um how tall are they compared to us? They are actually fairly large. Um, so the red one, uh, or the red ones, I should say, pretty much range between uh, five foot ten and six foot four. Whereas the black one is close to seven feet. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so in physical combat, they could take us anyway. Okay. Um, I will. Yeah. Um. Uh. With your permission, Commander, I'll take the first steps. I will be right behind you, Ensign Quackenbush, Ensign Wine. Keep your head on a swivel. Hi, sir. Very good, sir. I'll head head forward and take take a couple steps tentatively closer. Okay. So you know your hunch does seem to prove correct, and. Uh, as you begin to step closer, the individual begins to slither kind of in a sideways fashion so that it can continue to look at you. And the red ones, uh, as you all fall into kind of a marching order, 
the red ones begin to flank uh, the away team, almost like an escort. And uh, the Xenos then begin leading you uh, closer to their settlement. And as you get to the outskirts of said settlement, uh, you realize that, again, there are far more red individuals than there are black individuals. And you see that on some of the red that are kind of patrolling about, uh, they have phase pistols, but not every red has a phase pistol. Um, kind of a rectangle is, or a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square kind of a thing. And as you proceed through these rust-colored buildings and these uh, what are basically roads uh, towards the greater installation, uh, obviously you draw a little bit of attention. Uh, some passing Xenos stop what they're doing to kind of look at you and kind of squint their eyes and, you know, everything that you would expect from a, uh, a culture that has just been introduced to a new alien kind of a thing. Um... And eventually, uh, you are brought to the entrance of the much larger uh, installation of the Ring World. And okay. oh, the, go ahead. This sorry, um, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Heath. Um, are these reds and blacks? Are they the more primitive genus of the complex life form we've seen? We uh, scan. Uh, no, these would be the more complex. Okay. The the building architect the buildings that we're seeing um, the rust colored ones uh-huh. are they rusty just because they are um, that's how they were painted or decorated or are they rusty because they're old and old metal and flaking apart? I would say it's more of the former. Um, okay, almost like it's a deliberate aesthetic choice. Okay, there goes my first hypothesis. Hmm. As we pass, what kind of plant life is, is um, around the area? So, uh, surprisingly, you do get glimpses of what might be atriums, like open-air atriums, and uh, what might pass for a small meadow or a small park. But you only get such a brief view of it that you're not sure how prevalent that such greenery is in the settlement. Ensign Quackenbush. I'd like you to get scans of these. Quackenbush, though. Quackenbush. Quackenbush. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if it makes it easier, you can call me Ensign Sam. Yeah. I'd also like to get a, a scan of some plant life. Okay. Nice, detailed, like, down to the DNA scan. Yeah, okay. I'd like you to compare the DNA of these, uh, these Xenos to the plant life to see if they are of a similar uh, origin. That was my thought, sir. Alright, so let's do it this way. Uh, Locke, you'll do the main scan. Uh, Quackenbush, you will assist. And I'm fairly confident that this is a reason plus science. Uh, Let's call it a difficulty two here. Alright, well we're already off to a roaring start. All right, so a grand total of three momentum. So, Quackenbush, uh, you're you're not really able to figure out a whole lot. Like, obviously, science is not your forte. You took a few classes nope. in the academy, and that was probably about it. 
Uh, Locke, on the other hand, uh, you know what to look for. This is kind of what you do. Um, and as you get a scan of the flora in the area um, and compare the DNA structuring and like the amino acids and the, the other common markers of a, uh, of a species that has grown up on the same planet kind of a thing, um, you realize that there's a bit of a conundrum here. Like some of the, the greenery is definitely native to the ring world but there are also some sections of plant life that are similar to uh the xenos whatever species they might be if that makes any sense so very different yeah yeah something like yeast and humans have share like 95 percent of the same dna right so it's like a lot less overlap those But yeah, um, did anyone else want to do something on the way to the installation or did I miss something you maybe wanted to hear described or should I just skip ahead? Uh, um, I'd like to get scans of the installation as we come towards it. Okay. Um, no, sorry, someone was, was speaking there. Uh, I, I was going to just um, mumble aloud that that does confirm the hypothesis that these guys are from another world themselves. Probably. Okay. However, they are not necessarily the progenitors of this world. Agreed. My, my Vulcan hearing picked that up as you mumble. Yeah. We, should, um, we should treat this as if we are encountering another spacefaring culture, not as if we are encountering a planet-based society. So, how, oh, go ahead. How similar is the architecture of the uh, Xenon's, uh, Xenos's uh, buildings compared to the central can, can control tower? So, they're very imitative. Um, the smaller buildings obviously don't have a whole lot of leeway to look like the installation, but those that are closer to it uh, start to have that same sort of enlarged triangle. Uh, shaped structure that kind of juts out um, almost like a how do I want to say this not a, a direct copy but almost like an like someone tried to draw the same thing but took some artistic licensing if that makes any sense an homage yeah there you go that's what I was looking for hmm. yeah let's see uh, lieutenant commander if this was a species that was it crash landed here or came here deliberately, they'd probably be building buildings um, that mimic their own style and of their own aesthetics rather than copying. This could be a planet civilization that was transplanted here from somewhere else and has grown up around this architecture. Just Noted, so Lieutenant. Any, any civilization capable of constructing such a, uh, a megastructure could certainly transplant a large number quantity of species to... Uh, populate such a such a structure a sudden scientific question mm -hmm. where's the light coming from is there a central kind of light globe or is it coming from the uh the sun of the, around the planet oh uh so the the main uh sun in the system the uh light blue uh or the white blue star uh does seem to be providing most of the light um 
you get the sense, uh, and you would have probably figured this out before coming down here, that the orbital pattern of the ring world around the, uh, the gas giant is such that uh, at any one given time, uh, half of the ring world is exposed to light and half of it is exposed to darkness. And obviously it's not tidally locked, so that alternates. Um, you're not sure what the day-night cycle actually is, so it, if it could be 24 hours, it could be 36 hours, hell, it could be 72 hours. You're really not sure yet. I have an observation that might cause some concern, Lieutenant Commander. And Proceed. Lieutenant, if this species is has is either native or has become native or expatriated to this world there they seem to still bear arms so that indicates that they either that they feel threatened in some way shape or form and i highly doubt that they, that their entire civilization has picked up weapons upon our arrival well we will find answers standing out here. Let us proceed. Agreed. And I'll step into the, into the installation. Okay. So as you step inside, uh, you see more of the same kind of matte gray, uh, not quite shimmering, but rather pristine and clean looking uh, metal. And you are led through what feels like a labyrinth. But if pressed, you could probably find your way out if, if the, you know, it came down to it. This is the uh, Tritanium? Uh, no, the structures outside were the Tritanium. The, uh, this installation is the one that is made out of the same material as the ring world itself. So you weren't quite able to discern uh, the particular alloy in play here. But you are fairly confident that it is similar to... Um, to kind of call back to the last couple episodes, if you remember, the Zavoisie kind of had a, uh, a very sturdy material um, that was resistant to most damage. This would be a quote-unquote sister alloy or sister, sister chemical makeup. I'm going to slap my comm badge and, and ping the Ophion. Yeah, you, you get through. Uh, we kind of committed to Ophion. We have entered the command installation, checking comm status. We're hearing you loud and clear up here, Lieutenant Commander. Uh, what's the situation look like planet side? Many more questions than answers. We have we have engaged with a, uh, a species we believe to have been to uh, to be the complex lifeforms we scanned before. Are you able to establish a transporter lock on us? Um, I'll just uh, raise an eyebrow to um, uh, Chief Tin. Okay. And uh... Tin. Tin kind of looks at his console, and then he looks back at Chatsu, and the two share a look, and then they both turn to you, and the latter will say, uh, we have a very faint lock on them, sir. Um, apparently the the installation that they're in somewhat dampens uh, transporter effectiveness. The deeper they go in, the uh, the more likely we wouldn't be able to pull them out at a moment's notice. Understood. Uh, you're going to be on your own down there, uh, Lieutenant Commander. Um, in, we can't reach you inside that. We can barely reach you as you are in the structure. If you go deeper, we'll 
probably lose you. I Captain. Uh, we shall continue with a regular check-in interval and with an update you as to our situation. Oh, proceed yeah. with caution. Ophian out. So during this whole conversation, you've been, again, led through the, the maze of passageways. And eventually, um, you are brought to what appears to be a grand amphitheater of sorts, in that it has a dome-like structure. And uh, there are, along the walls of this, this room, um, there are all sorts of instrumentation. Uh, there are all sorts of... Um, well, Mirthrin's not here, so there's not really an engineer, an, an, an engineer here to appreciate it. Um, but there's all sorts of technical readouts. Um, and in the middle of the atrium, uh, or of the amphitheater, there is what even, you know, all of you not having the, the same engineering that, uh, that Mirthrin would have, all of you would recognize this as the, uh, the makings or the actual working... Uh, warp 5 engine and it is currently active it's got kind of the stereotypical red glow that kind of just flows up the tube uh, in a repeating fashion and also of note uh, in this room is that there appears to be what would be best described as almost like a throne and on this throne is a much larger uh, black Xenos. And when I say larger, I mean that she is somewhere on the magnitude, or in order of magnitude, she's probably either two or three uh, sizes bigger than her fellows. And uh, your uh, Xenos escort uh, takes you right up to this large individual. The black one bows very respectfully, uh, says something again in a language you have no idea what it means, and then uh, he and the red guards that were around you kind of filter away, but stay somewhat close. Uh, I'm going to lean into Lieutenant Locke and say, uh, as we as we engage in discourse with this, the, uh, this um, figure, I want you to scan that warp engine and determine if it's been patched into this or if it comes from the same design as this command center. Yes, sir. And then I'll kind of step forward and bow to the uh, large black Xenos as well. Okay. As will I. All right. So you both step forward. And uh, immediately, um, the both of you... I'm going to say assaulted here, but it's, it's not a, a forceful kind of... Um, action, you have a, the both of you have a very powerful mental image put into your heads of your ship in orbit so that they see, you see basically the exterior of the Ophion. And then you see a picture of yourselves and the shuttle and then the equivalent of a sort of like a an, an interrogative note uh, question mark. Okay, um, I'm assuming we're. I'm completely unprepared for this, but Pinek has at least some mental training on such yeah, things. Yeah, I have so. telepathy and mental discipline. So okay, I probably, you know, I, I'm I'm going to uh, inform Zareed of my intention. Uh, they they have questions as to our origin. I believe they 
they have discovered Ophion in orbit. I'm going to attempt to re relay to them air intention, air uh, non-hostility, and air uh, and basic concepts of the Federation via mental interlink. Good luck, sir. And then um, that's what I'm going to try to do. Oh boy, I feel like this has got to be a task. But I, this is again something I wish that Modifius would have told us. I mean, what is telepathy supposed to be as a task? Well, there's presence. I mean, I could definitely see presence, but yeah. then what would you pair it with? Like, command? Or science, maybe? Depends what well, you're trying to do. Yeah. I'd, what trying to do. I'd put most diplomacy under command, personally. Maybe yeah. science, but... I'd be okay with a presence plus command if everybody's okay with that. Yeah, that probably makes the most sense. Um, I've like, also got... The, uh, diplomacy uh, comes under command. A diplomacy focus and a composure focus. Would either of those come into play? Oh, diplomacy, most definitely. Um, and I'm going to set this particular task. I'm going to set the difficulty here to be a four. Oh boy. I can certainly, I can assist, um, somehow. I was say if you <laughs> want to assist, or and I'll be nice. Uh, if you wanted to spend a momentum to get an extra roll, Panek, you can certainly spend the momentum and get the extra roll. Uh, okay, should I just roll again without the focuses? or? Um, no, still roll with the focuses, but only roll one die. And that's only if you, you decide to take the momentum. I'm going to take because this is like our first real dialogue with them. Okay. Don't want to insult them. <laughs> okay, so you're down to momentum two. Ooh, nice. All right. So, this will succeed at cost. And I'm going to again give you guys the option. I can either take the threat, or I can give you a complication. I, I, I group decision, but my suggestion is give them the threat, because it's a complication right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say give them the threat for later. Okay. So since you're only one off, I'm only going to take one additional threat. Not a big deal. Um, so, so Pena, give me a, a basic idea. Like, you don't have to go into too much detail, but what sort of images and feelings are you trying to communicate to this, uh, this large uh, Xenos in particular? Uh, passivity. Uh, I want to kind of give him a mental image of of the federation and then kind of like a like a a representation like an image of me on a map where the federation is and then me kind of moving my avatar over to where we are in the ring world you know okay so your counterpart um shows something similar uh, you see the picture of her um, that seems to come from a, a white void. And then the white void turns into those to the stars. And then the stars turn into the ring world. The white void is kind of confusing. Uh... I relay this to Zareed verbally. 
what is your what what is your interpretation of this read? Also realized it might help if I put her token on. There we go. Sorry, I wasn't realize I was mute. Um, possibly the white void indicates that she doesn't know where she came from, um, or where her species was born from. Perhaps, um, a, perhaps they were plucked from wherever they were to this location. It's also possible that she doesn't even know where her home where they originated from and that she was born either en route as part of a generational ship or um, that home doesn't even matter to her assuming it is a her after all I'm assuming a, I'm just because of an, the insectoid appearance I must say that I'm sort of treating this as an insectoid hive mentality more or less at least until I'd like to communicate the following images to the queen Okay. Uh, I'm going to take one of the imitative, the homage buildings and the command building mm -hmm. and separate it with a dividing line. And then I want to take the ring world and then the abbot, the image of the queen and separate with a dividing line and then kind of give it a feeling of question, like a, a, an asking. Hmm. The queen says something to one of her handlers, so I, I probably should mention she's got, of course, she's got her own handlers that are nearby. Um, she she pointedly looks at one of them, says something in a a verbal language, and uh, there's a there's a very brief conversation uh, in this unknown language uh, between the two of them, and then the queen turns back to you, and you get the mental image of. You, Panek, in particular, and it's an image of your of you speaking, uh, like of your of your your mouth moving as if to make sound, and you then see what would be the equivalent of a uh, a natural bridge over uh, two jutting uh, jutting rocks that are above a sea. And on one side, you see yourself trying to speak, and on the other, you see her. I don't think she's understanding what I'm saying. I'm going to project the image of me crossing the bridge and asking how, or, 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 or showing that I, I want to cross this bridge of communication with, to, uh, to, to her. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this to you since, uh, Mirthrin did come down, um, I, cause I did kind of plan for Mirthrin to be here and being oh, a base would have helped. Um, I, I did not, yeah, the, the one time I don't bring him along. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I can just shift how I tell you this. Um, the queen, uh, you get the very faint emotion, uh, through your, uh, mental image exchange that she's amenable or amenable to the idea but she doesn't understand how you might bridge the gap um i mean you, we, we could like have them call up for Murfram. i have a suggestion um What's uh, mind meld 
uh, a physical mm. contact like touch telepathy could provide a stronger connection. Uh, but melding with such an alien mind could prove risky. It, indeed. She, she apparently has a great deal of psychic and telepathic discipline, however. It's, you know, it's your own sanity at risk, of course, but she, if she's able to communicate telepathically at these distances, I suspect that she'd be able to handle a more intimate connection. I am willing to take the risk in the name of exploration. However, I may require your, the, uh, the away team for assistance in physically removing me from the connection if necessary. So, um, Locke, not to have you forgotten at this point. Yep. Um, if you'd like to do your scan, uh, and remind me what it was you wanted to get from the scan. So, Pinnick wanted me to examine the warp engine. That's gotcha. Close enough to get some scan to see if it's a... Uh, if the warp engine is constructed of local minerals, or if it's constructed in like local dilithium sources, energy sources, or if it's uh, a foreign kind of device that has been repaired, that's okay. what I'm trying. Um, I'm gonna make this a difficulty two reason plus science. Yeah, let's do difficulty two. Mm. I live dangerously, and think I can get it. Okay. Nope. Oh. Man, we are just rolling in complications tonight. Not good. Um, so a little column A, a little column B. Um, your scans nope. are inconclusive. And the reason they're inconclusive is when you go to scan, um, your tricorders just goes dead as if its power has been completely sapped from it. I feel like I've lost my arm now. <laughs> is this is this done in a similar way to the sensor console uh, overloading? Yeah, I, I'd say that you, since you've come up with that uh, hypothesis on your own, I would say yeah, that that might apply here. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to project the idea of a mind meld to the queen, uh, kind of like an image of me coming into physical contact with her. And that that represent me crossing the bridge. So the image and feeling you get back is of the queen kind of reaching out and calling for you to like she she puts out her hand as if to keep you back. And the image of you crossing the bridge um, is like you the avatar of you is stopped halfway across the bridge. And you get the sense of apprehension. Like she doesn't understand what it is you're, you are asking of her. Perhaps a demonstration. Pinnett, could you uh, mind meld with someone else, such as uh, Sarid, and project how it's working? What if I mind meld with you and get all your Starfleet intelligence secrets? <laughs> I would not recommend that. For uh, I could do Zareed, I guess, and then kind of project three-way call her, kind of as we as we do it, like so she can look in. So uh, actually, Ensign Wine or Ween is going to speak up at this point. He says, um, "Sir, not to question your orders or anything, but perhaps we 
have enough recorded sounds that we might be able to I'm again I'm not sure this this would really be Lieutenant Locke's kind of forte, but maybe we have enough data to try and you know really work on a, a, a proper translation matrix for their language. That is actually if, if I could borrow someone's tricorder, we could definitely speed that along. If we found some common objects and started started the frame of reference, you know, cup, rock, sort of thing, that might be able to, it might improve the chances. Yeah. So Ween will already just kind of like halfway have his tricorder out as you say that, and we'll hand it to you. Patch your tricorder into your communicator and and uh, establish a link with the com- the ship's computer in order to facilitate uh, a quicker analysis of this of their ideograms. So, Is there any kind of mundane okay. objects around the, the, the hall here? Yeah. Um, to kind of flavor it in a way that'll work with the system, um, let's do this as a kind of extended task. Um, so the extended task here uh, would be you basically figuring out what sounds mean certain objects and then tying that information in with the uh, other kind of audio signals and cues you've picked up this entire time. Um, so to kind of lay out the work track so that we all make sure that I'm doing it right. Uh, the work track is going to be 12. The magnitude is going to be three. And since you're not doing this on the Ophion, I'm going to make the difficulty here a three. I'll take and, the momentum if you need it. Yeah, I was going to say, so the default task is luckily reason plus science. So you just kind of have to make the one breakthrough before the difficulty goes down. Uh, as he's doing this, I'm going to project to the queen, kind of like letting her know that I'm going to, like the image of him scanning relates to me speaking on the other side of the bridge. Okay. Um, you get a, a curious look, not really, uh, well, yeah, a look as much as you can really make out from their features. Um, but, you know, she doesn't, like, seem angry or scared or apprehensive at the idea. She's mostly curious. So, so I find something like table, so table tapping on it, table, and then gesturing, pointing at her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's do your first roll. See how it goes. Buy, a, uh, buy one dice with momentum? I'd recommend it. Your call. Buy one dice. Uh, focus is data analysis. Uh, run me through right. focuses. Maybe maybe one will jump out at me. Let's see, yeah, communication interception, probably not. Hacking, data analysis, espionage, scanning. Yeah, probably I don't think so. Yeah. Well, curious it, list of feats there. <laughs> hey, so, sorry, we're going through the whole, this is a table, and then turning yeah. it into there. Okay. Um, there's actually a method. There's actually a communication method out there for, um, communi- for establishing communications where to... Advanced beings share nothing in common, like linguistically. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start with the periodic table of elements. Mm. 
that's because we have ours and they have theirs and we go from there. Uh, or you're like you show like a hydrogen atom as Precisely. one. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the electron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I, this. Um, let's, let, let's do it this way. Um, for this first roll, uh, you guys are doing mundane objects. Uh, the second roll that we do will be you guys trying to figure out the periodic table with them. Um, okay. So, Locke, you pass with three successes. Uh, so you now get to roll six total challenge die to see how much work you get done uh, in this uh, extended task. So how do these work things exactly play out? Um, is there a way for me to help or like a... Um, there are certain things you can do. Like, so basically you can assist um, on his rolls if you come up with a, a good way to do so. It would be kind of like as you as your commanding officer role, um, you would do direct or assist, and again you would have to flavor it in a way that would make sense. Um, but the good news here is you've achieved six work, and that means you have accomplished a breakthrough, which means the magnitude goes down to two, the difficulty goes down to two, and you're already halfway done with the work track. So. As you begin to do the periodic table of elements, kind of br bridging the gap, um, did you want to try and assist uh, Locke in any way, uh, Panek? Well, uh, I've got team dynamics as a feature. I don't really know how to work that in flavor-wise. Um, how about Zareed? Do you have any good focuses? Oh, I have unorthodox communications and first contact. Let's do it this way then. Um, for this particular part of the uh, communication process, let's have Zari do the assist. Okay. Um, so again, uh, reason plus science for the both of you, both Locke and uh, Zareed. And the magic number is now two successes. All right, so we already got one from Zareed. I think uh, Bishop wants your attention over in Discord chat. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, just wait, I'm just waiting until he's uh, got a spare moment. Um, yeah, that's fine, Bishop. If you got a you got a bail, that's fine. Yeah, not bad. Sort of getting to that woozy stage where I'm having sort of am I, I am I conscious? I think I'm still conscious. Nah, man. If you're that tired, go for it. Yeah. So. Krakenbush will just be a good ensign and do whatever anyone tells him to do. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. And, and, Feel better. And, and, and punch anything that tries to punch the commander. <laughs> Noted. All right. Feel better, man. All right. Goodbye. All right. So, uh, all right. So we have, what is it? Uh, yeah, you guys would be at Momentum 3. Uh, I spent one previously for my three dice last time, so I think it's two. Oh, okay. Oh, I missed Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, one skin lock, you get to roll, uh, six challenge die here. They've got the verbs down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, you, uh, with this, uh, revelation, uh, that, uh, Zareed comes up with to use the periodic table, mm -hmm. uh, accomplishes quite a bit. Um, you are fairly confident now that 
you have the basic, if not functional, uh, syntax matrix uh, capable of deciphering the alien sounds and encoding it as a language you might understand. Um, however, you now need to figure out a way to apply that in an almost real-time fashion. And this, uh, I'm going to... Um, how do I want to do this? Let's make this an extended task too. Obviously one with less difficulty, less work track, etc. Um, my idea for this was you trying to modify your comm badges to uh, accomplish the live translation. But if you have a better idea, I'm all ears. Yeah, comm badges is probably the way to go. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in that case, uh, if you would like to... Well, anyone who would like to do this, um, the base difficulty is going to be two, and the task would be daring plus engineering. Damn it, Mirthman's not here. Oh, well, the time's for Mirthman. My engineering's yeah, not very good. I, my, my, I, I have engineering one, so... I'm decent at engineering, but I'm not a particularly adventurous person. <laughs> uh, what, what exactly are we rolling again? Just Before? basically to uh, apply your translation matrix into your communicators. Like, if you were on the ship, this would be a no-brainer. Um, you'd be able to immediately sync all of this uh, knowledge and the syntax matrix you've generated to the comm badge. But because you're doing it live on the planet that's why we're even doing this task to begin with i think i think um ensign quakenbush uh you are <laughs> as i peek at your sheet yes. uh i don't know let's peek at why don't sheet. i assist you in this particular task he look uh he says uh, of of course sir I, I would be happy to do so and uh i'll roll for him uh so daring Plus science or daring plus engineering. Two uh, d twenty. Does he have an applicable focus? Yeah, jury rigging will apply here. I have a gadgeteering focus. I'll allow it, sure. For assisting us. Oh, uh, what if we cross-reference those? Patch that into there. Let's see. So well, if uh, there it goes, if applicable focus, yes. Um, alright, so oh, you guys wow. get two momentum. And, uh, let's see, Quakenbush gets to roll six challenge die. Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna say that, uh, that immediately completes the task. It was a very small work track that you had to fill up. Um, so... I'm just picturing this communicator wired into a tricorder well not physically wired but like wirelessly kind of connected um bluetooth basically um and uh quake bush kind of looks up from his work and he says well uh sirs i i believe this to work i i'm not sure if they can understand us but uh you could certainly give it a try uh, I'll, I'll turn to the uh, queen and, and are you able to understand me now? 
So there's a noticeable, not like a reel of shock, but there is a very noticeable uh, movement that would seem to indicate surprise. And the queen replies uh, verbally, yes, I am able to understand you. Can you understand me? Indeed. Uh, greetings. And I'll hold up a Vulcan salute and say, I'm Lieutenant Commander Pinnick of the USS Enterprise, uh, Ophion. <laughs> I am Queen Ferocia of the Slaw. S-L-O-I-X, in case you were wondering. Uh, I, I'm quite glad that we are able, finally able to develop a line of dialogue. Uh, we have many questions. Uh, first and foremost, we received a uh, communication that led us to this ring uh, and this particular solar system. Uh, are you in need of any assistance? Uh, we are, but just to confirm, you did receive our signal? Uh, we did. However, at that time, we were unable to establish uh, a, a language dictionary in order to decipher it. Ah, well... Um... Perhaps it is best, based on what I was able to gather from our mental communication, perhaps I should start at the beginning. That would indeed be helpful. Um, so she uh, kind of waves one of her hands, and uh, immediately uh, everyone in the, every slaw in the room kind of, re, uh, kind of chills out. Like there was some kind of tension go in the in the area, but you feel that it is uh, completely dissipated. Um, and uh, Ferocia begins to say, uh, "My people, the Slaw, uh, we are not natives to this world, to this ring. Um, we call it Axis." Which again uh, is A C I S or A C S I S H I S. So axis. Um, I tried to keep the, I tried to keep the insectoid feel. If you haven't gotten the idea, um, but uh, she continues on to say, um, our old creation mythos, which most of us no longer follow, tells of a advanced species one that was far beyond our ancestors that brought us here for some unknown purpose uh, i find that mythos carry sometimes carry a lot more truth than uh than you would think uh you said that you needed help though yes uh to kind of premise what I'm about to say uh, a lot of the technology that we now use is based on what we have found here on Axis uh, a lot of it admittedly is mimicry uh, we do not understand the true inner workings of how this technology works uh, that said, there are a few rare slaw that do understand how things work, and these individuals are respected and socially elevated to a level similar to my own. 
um, my society has uh, particular regulations in dealing with with species for the first time. Uh, we may be able to lend support, but I need more detail as to your uh, development. Well, um, where should I begin? Um, I'm sure by now you've noticed that there are different body shapes and different uh, casts that uh, are amongst my species. Uh, I was thinking more in a technological sense. This, uh, and I'll mo motion towards the warp engine. Uh, this this warp uh, drive system, uh, did you develop this, or was this uh, a device that you've discovered? Well, my, my predecessor uh, made it a point to create such an engine uh, that would provide power for the entire settlement. So to my knowledge, it is something that we have built, yes. I couldn't tell you how it works myself, but uh, my scientific advisors do assure me that it is a safe technology. Well, then this will go a long way in, in uh, allowing us to lend you aid. Uh, have you explored beyond the ring? Um, no. We have not tried uh, bridging the warp barrier yet. Um, simply because we are content with our current situation. We do have a ship that could take a small number of us, perhaps 20 or 30, to explore the nearby area. Uh, however, we primarily use this ship to uh, collect tribute from the uh, other much simpler of mind uh, slaw that maintain our fields and uh, things of that nature. Uh, I'll, t I'll take this moment to introduce the away team. Uh, this is uh, our diplomatic uh, contingency, Zareen, uh, Lieutenant Locke, Ensign Quackenbush, and Ensign Wine. She kind of uh, nods at each of them in turn. She says, it's, it's good to meet you. Uh, getting back to the matter at hand, the uh, assistance you've requested, what exactly does this entail? Well, uh, and she, she motions around at the installation that's all around you. Uh, this particular installation has a partner on the opposite side of the ring. Now, again, I am not the most technologically minded person, or technologically minded slaw, but from my understanding, is that these installations help regulate the weather. Um, I am mostly aware of the fact that this is somehow achieved by a, a massive energy pulse that travels between the two installations. Uh, however, the sister installation has not returned the energy pulse in several weeks, and things are beginning to degrade. And as such, I would considered a great boon or a great olive branch if you were able to reactivate or otherwise figure out what has gone on with our sister installation. This could be possible. However, I will need to confer with my commanding officer. In the meantime, I would suggest that you uh, 
you confer with your scientifically minded slaw and perhaps bring the most capable of them here in order to assist us and better understand this technology. Okay. Um, she nods and says, that is, that is acceptable. And I'll, 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 I'll nod, a bow, and then kind of step away and uh, connect to Ophion. Skull here, go ahead. We have encountered the slaw. Or, is that how you say it? Yeah, slaw. Both slaw. Uh, and uh, they are not the progenitors of the ring system. Uh, they were, they, uh, their uh, mythology and history tales, uh, tells them that they were brought here by a much more advanced species than their own. Uh, they are more capable, however, they are not very inclined to uh, explore past their own ring world. Uh, they are requesting our assistance in reactivating uh, a, a weather control installation on the other side of the ring. Very well. Um, I don't see a problem with this. Uh, if, you, if they have warp technology but don't choose to use it, that still places them above the pl- uh, beyond the prime directive. And this would give you give us a better opportunity to learn more about the original builders of this massive structure. Uh, indeed. Uh, I would recommend that uh, a small contingent of engineers, perhaps led by Lieutenant Bragg, uh, being down uh, for assistance. I've also requested uh, their top engineer and scientifically inclined uh, Slaw to also be present. That sounds like a good idea to me. I'll uh, get a few engineers down to you. Um, are th- are the slaw okay if they transport down, or shall or would you prefer I send them down in a second shuttle? Uh, I will inquire now. Please hold. <laughs> and then some music plays. But uh, I ask. I said I uh, inquired of Queen Praxia. Praxia. Uh, are you? Uh, are you acceptable to uh, matter transportation? We uh, are going to send a couple of our uh, engineers down to help. I'm not familiar with this technology. What, what does it entail? Uh, it entails uh, breaking down the constituent matter of a person or an object and then reconstituting it at a different location. That seems very impressive. Um... I personally have no aversion to this idea, though I would ask that you not materialize in the middle of my people. Uh, it would might cause a panic. Uh, in the middle of them, as in, in if it, within their person themselves or within the settlement? <laughs> I think you would get the idea that basically she just doesn't want you to beam like away teams down with phaser rifles and you know running running basically turning the the town into a pillaging uh is there a location just that you would deem suitable for air uh air teams to come down in she just kind of motions around at uh, the area about you and she says i would figure that in here would be the most easiest and simple way to handle it uh unfortunately i the alley composition of the command center here is not compatible with their teleportation uh, t- transport technology. Well, uh, if that's the case, then uh, perhaps I can send my uh, advisors that I am able to scrounge up 
I can send them along to where your shuttle landed, where your ship landed. And then, as a group, you all can proceed to the sister installation. Very well. Then we will do so. Excellent. Uh, thank you for your time. And then I'll motion for the away team to follow me back out. All right. So uh, it's we've been going for two hours. Uh, let's take a five to ten minute break here. I'll be right back. All right. All right. All right, I'm back. Welcome back. Well, if it's uh, if it's any consolation, we at least have one fan of you guys in uh, Twitch chat. So 
good news there. Uh, better than none. Yeah. I'm just happy we even have one. You know, that's... You know, I, uh, I don't do these streams for, you know, monetary gain or anything. I just do them for fun. So, it's always nice to at least hear from fans. We've got comments, or... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we actually have someone uh, who's been watching, I think, from the beginning. Um, so, uh, big shout out to uh, Sterling Mithril for uh, hanging out with us. Yeah. Uh, Captain, are you back yet? Survey says no. Okay. We will continue to wait. I'm back. Hey, welcome back. Happy to be here. All right, so now that we're all back, I can hide the BRB sign. And, uh, yeah, we will resume. So, um, kind of to not speed things along, but to make things a little bit more easy logistical-wise. Um, and, of course, you can correct me if you had a completely different uh, thing in mind. But basically, uh, let's have the away team. Uh, return to the shuttle uh, unmolested and you uh, when you arrive um, you see that I believe you wanted Prag to beam down in a perfect uh, world yep. it would be Mirthrin but he's since yeah All right. he's busy so uh, Prag will beam down and uh, he is in Stereotypical Tellarite fashion, just kind of looking around, holding his engineering toolkit, and he says, All right, where's the problem? What hellhole am I fixing now? Um, I want you to work in concert with their, uh, their engineeringly inclined minds. We are attempting to repair a weather control system on the other side of this ring, this ring world. It has stopped, uh, emitting the energy pulse necessary to control the weather systems. Uh, maybe I missed something. Who Who is they here? The slaw, and I'll motion towards the, uh, the ones that are with us. So they haven't actually joined you quite yet. Ah. Since we're left alone, I'm actually going to take our new translation, our new kind of dictionary we have, mm -hmm. and you know, upload that into the shuttle's computer, and then play the... The, dis the the call we've got, the signal we received from here. Ah, good it idea. actually says. Okay. So, actually, when you pipe it through, you get two messages. Uh, the first message is a stereotypical distress call. It says something along the lines of uh, weather control station is inoperable, uh, habitats changing require assistance 
the other message uh, is something completely different. And I got to find where I put it in my notes. There it is. It says, it sounds something along the lines of this. Um, there is what appears, or there is what sounds to be a somewhat panicked, yet still reverent voice. And the voice is asking, what did we do to deserve this? Why are you spreading a sickness amongst us? Have we angered you in some way? Please, we, we would do anything you ask. Just please do not take the rest of us. Hmm. Ominous. Raised eyebrow. Meath, I think there's more going on here than just a failing weather station, sir. Indeed. Uh, however, the weather station is indeed failing, and therefore we will send the engineering team along. Uh, I would like to question the Queen, however, about this other communication. I think it would. I think it would be a wise idea to... Perhaps take a detour to the other, uh, the other civilized area. Are we able to determine that's where the communication is coming from? Yeah, you would have determined that the second uh, transmission came from one of the more rural areas. I think that would be prudent. And uh, so far, the weather system will not stabilize in the time it would take us to stop over. Yeah, uh, of course, Sunsman. All right. Should we wait for the our sloth friends to show up, or are our sloth friends meeting us there? Uh, almost as if to answer that question, uh, two black slaw uh, kind of uh, emerge into the clearing that uh, you, your shuttle is currently stationed in, and uh, each of them gives a actually a very courteous sort of bow, and one of them says, uh, "I am Salu or Salux." And the other one says, I am Athizosa. And together they say, we are here to assist you in the matter of the weather control system. Greetings, I am Lieutenant Commander Pinnack. This is Lieutenant Locke, Ensign Quackenbush, Ensign Wine, Chief Bragg and his engineering team, and Zareed. Uh, we will not be departing directly for the weather control system. Uh, we will be making a stopover to investigate an anomaly. I understand, says uh, Silux. Uh, as long as we eventually get to the installation, uh, I have no problems with this. Uh, the detour should not hamper us uh, time-wise. Please uh, board the shuttle and we will depart. Yeah. So you all kind of clamber into the shuttle, which is a tiny bit packed with uh, your new sloth friends, but you manage. Um... So I'm going to give this to you free here. Um, well, you know, maybe you want momentum. Uh, let's have... Uh, how do I want to do this? Uh, we can just roll off Sona's sheet because the stats are similar to uh, what Wine's got or Ween's got going on. Um, this would be a uh, reason plus con. At, uh, we'll make this of difficulty zero. So if anyone would like to roll Sona's sheet uh, for uh, Ensign Ween, that would be great. Yeah. I can do that. 
Uh, sorry, that was reason plus... Con. Reason plus con. Uh, as we're, as we're departing, I want, uh, to confer with this read quietly. Uh, I want an instructor to pay particular close attention to these slaw as we depart for this and arrive at this other civilization. Of course, sir. Alright, uh, well, it's a, you don't get any momentum from this, but you still pass. Um, so, uh, Ensign Ween is able to uh, find a suitable settlement, or a suitable landing zone near the um, outskirts of a rural, se rural settlement um, that is basically the equivalent of maybe three or four large buildings. Uh, surrounded by a uh, a myriad of fields and crops and basically typical farmland. Um, as uh, as the door opens, um, you see waiting out and waiting outside already are two new uh, types of slaw, and I can show you. The other handout. So that's what uh, that's what those slaw look like. Uh, they are obviously uh, green and yellow. Uh, the green is a biped and lacks the wings of the red, and the yellows are quadrupeds, much like a centaur. Um, they all seem to have some sort of tools of their trade. So you see um, one in particular is holding like a blacksmith hammer. Uh, another is kind of holding a, a um, uh, what's it called? Not a, not a pitchfork, not a rake. Uh, something you'd use to aerate the soil. Oh, those uh -huh. things. Yeah, that, that, that would probably be it. Um, you know, very basic level of technology of, you know, what they're, they're holding. And uh, as you step off, uh, well, I, I should ask, who would be leaving the shuttle at this point? Who would who would go first? I would. Okay. I'll follow. Uh, so, Panek and Zareed, you step from the shuttle, and uh, almost immediately the green one uh, that is present. Oh, you know what? It, it might help if I put you on the right map for this. Uh, let me see. Copy, paste all these tokens. <laughs> These are the decidedly less evil-looking slaw, I guess. Yep. I wouldn't say... I'd say that they appear similar, but just different enough. So I'm suspecting that the colors are now not um, sexual dimorphism, but rather cast structure. So as, uh, as you step off, the yellow one... Uh, dips its front legs to almost resemble a bow, as much as, you know, a horse or a centaur being could. And in a tone that I probably won't be able to myself replicate very well, but the tone of the yellow is a very simple uh, sort of uh, in inflection. It is not quite like talking to a child, but to someone who is... How do I want to say this polit politically correct? Um, they're not the best and the brightest. Let's put it that way. Simple. Simple, yeah. 
Um, so the yellow one uh, step forwards, kneels, and says, Oh, great beings from the sky. We were hoping you had heard our players. Please, whatever you deem us inappropriate, whatever our actions might have been, please, just if, if you could stop the sickness from spreading among us. First, let me inform you that we have not spread any kind of sickness. Uh, uh, what is your relationship in regards to the slaw? And I'll, I'll kind of motion into the shuttle at the black ones that are there. So they they kind of look uh, over, and uh, the other one says, oh, "Those those are the best kind of slaw. They're they're really smart." And uh, the green one chips in and says, "They are." They are the ones we tend this farmland for. We feed them. Every so often they come and they take tribute or take a tithe of our bountiful crops. How are the Black Slaw or Black Slaw uh, appearing to act? They, Do they um... take any interest or are they just sort of sitting in the shuttle? They're probably deep in conversation with Prag at this point. Prag, in typical typical Tellarite fashion, is already trying to uh, get as much information as he can about the weather control system before he even steps in it foot inside. Okay, so they don't they're not particularly paying any heed to what's going on out here. Not really, no. Okay, uh, I'll call into the show Lieutenant Locke with us. Yes, and sir. I'll turn to the uh, log and say. Uh, we require more information as to the sickness. Uh, are you able to show us any uh, afflicted crop or being? Yes, I uh, please this way, uh, oh, oh, divine one. We we I will take you to my 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 daughter. I'm going to replace my tricorder before I go. Yeah, as I say, you probably want to set out with a fresh tricorder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I spend one momentum to grab like the first aid kit from the the shuttle. Yeah, I mean, you guys have momentum for it if you want. Yeah. All right. Probably need that opportunity. Full on medical tricorder. Yeah, I think that'll take you. Uh, we'll we'll say that it, I, I'm not really doing scene changes here, but you're. I think you guys have got it. You're fine. Um. So yeah, you you take a medical kit and, um. It's probably about a five-minute walk between the shuttle and the set of buildings that is in the area. So is there any anything anyone wants to do during that trek? I would like to actually scan them to okay. see if they are a- actually like um, mentally uh, different from the other ones, or if it's an educational thing. Also mm-hmm. scan them for any uh, infection or any... like. Uh proto-infection to see if they've kind of have caught this or carriers of it. Sure. So that's going to be two separate roles. Uh, The first, I'm going to say, is uh, your bread and butter, reason plus science. Uh, That would be at a difficulty of one. And the second would be an insight plus medicine. So what'd you get? Oh, wow. You blew that out of the water. So you're at five momentum. Um, again, to put it bluntly, um, they are 
very simple-minded. They have the capability of, like, they have self-awareness, and they uh, obviously have basic functionality, but I wouldn't ask these guys to solve any math problems, if that makes any sense. It's not an actual slave thing. They are actually physically... Uh, mentally inferior yes they uh they are they're cast as has been thought of a few times um they are the basically the worker bees they are they are not uh yeah they're they're just not bright Hmm. um so yeah that answers the first question now the second question uh about the sickness or disease uh, that would be a insight plus medicine, unless you had a better argument for something. Um, yeah. And oh, go ahead. Okay, uh, I'm gonna spend one momentum to get an extra die for that at least. Oh yeah, the difficulty here would be a two. Well, no, I'm gonna spend some threat and make it three because they are aliens, and you don't really have a whole lot of insight into them. So yeah, let's let's keep it difficulty three. Got to remember to spend that threat. I'm going to... Mind if I spend even more momentum, guys? Uh, Go ahead. Go for it. All right, so... Down to momentum three, since I'd have to spend three momentum to get two extra dice. Also remember, you do have determination if it would apply here. Hmm. Save that for now. Uh, would my targeted scans focus still apply for scanning for disease? I'll allow it, sure. Coincidental that this affliction has come about just as their climate control system has failed. Alright, so... Yeah, you're, you're scanning them, and just the biological difference between the different casts is enough for you to not really be able to tell what's normal or what might be uh the equivalent of say uh like they're not go ahead sorry sorry commander i i can't tell if they're infected or just asymptomatic or just healthy understood lieutenant without a uh, child will offer us more data i'm uh, Zareed is busy peppering them with questions. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that you have a child. So do is it a parental system? So do you have two genders that make up a child, or does do one does one lay eggs in a queen hive situation? They uh, they kind of look at one another and very slowly they reply. Yellows always birth yellows. Greens always birth green. Reds birth reds, but blacks can birth any. Does it require two two green to make another green, or does one green make another green? Two of each are required. Ah. Wonderful. Thank you for the information. Fascinating. An insectoid-style species that doesn't require a... Sorry, I'm just mumbling now and just jotting down notes really quickly on my pad. Oh, and then the yellow one speaks up and says, Oh, sorry, forgot. 
queen can produce any kind on her own. Ah, uh, uh, Queen Prashia? Or uh, Ferocia? Uh, Paraxia. Praxosia. Praxosia. They sound great when I come up with these names, but then I try to pronounce them and I'm just like, fuck. Um, but yeah, uh, the yellow one nods and says, yes, her. Mm. Interesting. So the entire entire civilization can come from one surviving queen. Which is both a uh, societal uh, benefit and potentially a very dangerous uh, dangerous poten- dangerous potential situation should they decide that one world is not enough. Well, it depends on breathe they fast. How fast they breathe. breathe that is true. Alright. So it's probably about now that uh, you've reached the small assemblage of buildings. And you see more uh, green and yellow slaw kind of going about their business. Uh, obviously, uh, those that notice you do kind of come to a full stop and kind of watch you go. Um, but your escort uh, takes you into one of the smaller buildings. And inside you see lying on the ground. Uh, well, I should say this building is kind of like a stable so that there's uh, different sections where a horse would be. But obviously, instead of a horse, you've got the yellow slaw. And uh, there is uh, ranging from small to large slaw that all appear to be in the stable formation. And they all appear to be either coughing or uh, a, sh- a shade of yellow that looks sickly. You know, things that would be obvious signs that something is wrong. Ugh. Keep your lieutenant, but uh, get as much much data as you can, and I want you to determine if this is airborne. Yes, their, their biology is fairly significantly different. But all right, so uh, you're taken uh, to one of the smaller slaw, and uh, your escort says, uh, "Please, anything you can do." Uh, I want you to re- relay all your data back up to uh, Sukbay and uh, Ensign Zar- Zarva and uh, Commander Beckett. Hopefully, if I can't figure it out, hopefully Beckett can do something. What would hope? Uh, I will update the captain. Connect to Ophiang. Captain Skull here, go ahead. Uh, we have detoured from our original destination. Uh, Lieutenant Locke replayed the original intercepted transmission. And uh, piggybacking on it was a second uh, distress signal from a nearby agricultural uh, community. They have requested help with a an infection that has uh, has uh, afflicted their community. Uh, we are gathering relevant data right now. Um, I suggest uh, Commander Beckett be put on alert and uh, just a prepare uh, in case of uh, he's needed. And also prepare a quarantine zone in the shuttle bay if necessary. Of course, I'll get the chief on it and I'll let alert Beckett and uh, send up any information you can. I captain the neck out. So, uh, Locke, if you would like to attempt another scan, right. I'll spend more threat here to keep it uh, difficulty three. Ah. Uh. Termination now seems like a good time. 
So about uh, doing the right thing is its own reward. Uh, definitely, yes. Bit of an odd value for a spy. <laughs> what? There's a reason I'm no longer currently a spy. So you're going to spend any momentum, or...? Uh, I'll spend one momentum to get that third die. Okay. And yeah, my determination roll is an auto-crit. I'm at least... Yes, all you need to do successes. is roll one success. That's all you need. Come and on. you got two, so you get a momentum back. Very good. So, um... Locke, again, medicine's not your forte per se, but we'll flavor it such that Beckett basically works with you uh, as you transmit the data back. And between the two of you, uh, you're able to determine that this sickness, whatever it is, is the slaw equivalent of a, uh, a bird flu. Um... So while it is virulent and is obviously not pleasant to go through, uh, it's not something fatal, at least that's the working theory, that with, like, if you were to bring a slaw up to, up to Medbay and Beckett had a full scan, he might be able to determine a cure. But again, between the two of you, you more or less realize that this sort of thing will run its course over probably about a month's worth time, and then everyone will have been affected and gotten over it by then. Okay. Is it airborne, or actually, uh... Ah... Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, um... Can human, other humanoid, non-insectoid, can Nosla and non slaw catch it? Yeah, as far as you're able to determine, uh, non-slaw don't need to worry about it being airborne. Um, you get the sense that this is transmitted very similar to a human flu, in that it could come from uh, contact with bodily fluid. It could be simply because someone coughed nearby. Uh, you know, there's lots of ways you can get a flu. Thankfully, Commander, I think we are safe from it, but just don't lick them. <laughs> you can... uh, but your determination that this is not a rampant disease running through that could endanger their uh, civilization the elderly and extremely young might suffer it might be worth sending a, a small sick, uh, sick team to bolster them as when possible Just uh, but as long as they get some bed rest and drink plenty of fluids they should be fine uh so then I will uh, be ask up and ask them to beam down a small contingent of, uh, you know, medical personnel to kind of, like, deal with the symptoms. We're not going to develop, like, a full-blown cure to this thing. And then I'll, uh, I'll tell the, the green and the, uh, I mean, the, yeah, the green and the yellow is the kind of, you know, the basic dealings with it. You know, plenty of bed rest, hydration, hydration, you know. So they, of course, bow their heads and say, yes, this this is very wise. So that's pretty much all we can do for you at this point. But uh, it does not seem, seem to be something that will uh, is devastating in the long run. Hmm. Commander, it might be interesting to ask the our, our, our escorts if this 
infection was known about and if it was being treated at all. Uh, I will take that into consideration, Lieutenant. In the meantime, I'd like you to uh, begin an analysis as we go close to come, uh, we proceed to our destination, whether or not this was uh, caused by the change in the climate due to the weather system failure. If they're somehow related. But, uh, that's not a priority. Let us uh, head back to the shuttle and carry on with our main objective. Alright. So, uh, unless anyone really wants to linger, um, you kind of all pile back aboard the shuttle, and your pilot uh, begins to navigate to uh, Installation 04B. And as, uh, as the shuttle, the sh instead of like going across the ring, uh, it's much more efficient for the shuttle to remain in Atmo and just kind of follow the ring around. Um, so eventually, uh, you begin to follow this valley between two great mountains until you reach its natural conclusion. Uh, standing like a great marker against the cliff face is what you're assuming is your destination. It looks extremely similar to the ones that the upper echelon of Slaw have taken up residence around. Uh, the key difference is that the surrounding area, uh, rather, uh, the surrounding area ends rather abruptly after a certain point. Uh, turning into a sheer drop several kilometers down. Um, and you're able to set your shuttle down uh, and walk about the place without any real danger of falling off the edge. But I wouldn't recommend going skydiving if it were me. Well, there goes my first activity. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you all pile at... You all pile out, and uh, your two slaw that are with you. Uh, Selix just kind of looks around and says, "Yeah, this looks right from the outside." Well, maybe, maybe the problem must be on in the in, in the interior. Shall we go inside? Uh, I think that would be ideal. All right. So, uh, as uh, your group uh, enters the facility, uh, it has a similar layout to the one that you met uh, the Queen in. Uh, you're able to apply uh, the knowledge of your past trip through the corridors to head towards what you think functions as a, as a control room. Uh, about seven minutes into this trek, you begin to smell something resembling burnt flesh. Um... And the source becomes readily apparent as you round a corner. Uh, there, in sort of a macabre fashion, are bodies of red slaw, all laying about as if they were trying to reach the end of the corridor. Uh, they all have sorts of burn marks and signs that a great energy discharge flowed through them. Uh, however, uh, as you probably reflexively go to scan the area, uh, you only really pick up energy readings much deeper into the facility. I'm going to pull out my phaser and uh, instruct Lieutenant Locke to get scans of the dead slaw and determine uh, what what killed them. All right. All right. Um, I believe yeah, I'll pull, again. Pull phaser. 
Alright, I believe again this would be another insight plus medicine. Sorry. As, yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware, insight plus medicine is diagnostical. I could yeah. be wrong, but yeah. it sounds right. Well, we're not trying to figure out how they died. I mean, like the the cause of death we know is high energy. So yeah, could I instead try to focus on the type of energy? Focus on that. Yeah, sure. Or like uh, the pattern of energy burns to see if they were like a directed energy burst. Yeah, see if it's like it radiation or the uh, type of energy you find in a phase, yeah. you know, pistol. Sure. Um, how do you feel about an insight plus science instead? Sure. Okay. Better. Uh, as it's happening, I'm going to turn to our slaw engineers and and say, uh, who were these slaw? Uh, one moment as, because I forgot to move you guys over a map. I also forgot to ask the difficulty. Uh, the difficulty would have been A2. Then I need to put two black slaw on the page. And one more. There we go. Hmm. Alright, so um, unless you want to spend momentum for that extra die, which I'll allow, um, yeah, you, you're not able to discern the type of energy uh, that kind of rocked through this slaw's body. It's been too long. Can't tell exactly what type of the, the energy signal the beams came from. Definitely some sort of focus energy, though. The one thing I will say you will get, uh, even with no real success, is that they all seem to die at different intervals. Mm. So, like, the oldest body is maybe about three weeks old which would match up with the timeline of when the queen sent her first envoy to figure out what the hell's going on. And then the other bodies uh, are incrementally uh, closer and closer to the current time frame. The most recent body is perhaps five days old. Well, that's a very peculiar set of circumstances that would lead to many simultaneous many deaths in a simultaneous spot. Um, I'm going to pull out the tricorder and just begin scanning the walls. And, like, Are there markings on the walls in any um, hieroglyphics or even caution, don't stand on this spot, you may die kind of <laughs> um, warnings? I'm just going to give this to you because um, otherwise it would be like some stupid difficulty task. Um, you see more of the circular symbols that uh, also adorn the exterior of the installation. Um, but you're not seeing, with your tricorder, you're not seeing like hidden energy barriers or uh, secret ceiling discharge lightning rods. It just feels like this was a coincidental sort of place for these bodies to end up. Okay. Um, I'm going to gesture to the various symbol symbols and to their black slant friends. Uh -huh. I've noticed these um, symbols uh, both uh, throughout this installation and your queen's residence. Is it a written language? Do you know what it means? 
It is the language of those who made the Ring World. Unfortunately, uh, we have never been able to decipher their meaning. Very well. I'll uh, just toss. I'll toss all the readings I get up to Ophion and hope that their linguistics database might be able to pull something together. Are you aware of any uh, splinter faction or anyone that would seek to gain control of a weather system in order to uh, promote their own agenda? Not that we're aware of. It's rather unheard of for a faction or caste or really any individual slaw. Um not following the will of the queen. Uh, is there more than one queen on the ring? Uh, no, there is currently just the one that we are aware of. Very well. We we, may, we were going to have to head farther in towards these energy readings. Um, uh, I, I want to check the floor. Is it, does it seem signs of the drag marks, like someone might have moved the bodies and dumped them here? I would say the the floor looks rather pristine. Um, it's almost like the bodies crumpled in on themselves rather than dragged or fell into a position. Mm. Kind of like a puppet and you cut the strings. Uh, let's move forward. Standard formation, all lead. Okay. So uh, you proceed probably a lot more cautiously uh, than you were initially, and and with a with a tricorder going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, using your tricorder, you are able to finally arrive at the control room, and the control room is a circular floating platform that sits over a large pit that leads deeper into the ring surface. Uh, squinting your eyes down at the darkness, you can just barely make out the twinkling of what might be brewing energy. Uh, as for the platform itself, it contains all sorts of active hollow displays that show uh, the same sort of untranslated glyphs that are present uh, on the exterior of the facility, so more of the predecessor language. Chief, lock, I'll motion towards the displays, see what you can determine. All right. I miss the days of just hiding in the shuttle. Ensign Quackenbush, uh, you're with me. I want to set up a, a perimeter around the control nexus. Aye, sir. So, um, again, you can argue for something else, but uh, for this, I thought a uh, in insight plus engineering would be uh, rather uh, appropriate since we are making an educated guess about unknown or extremely unfamiliar technology. So uh, Prag will obviously take the role, the initiative here, and he'll do the role. Um, and uh, Locke, you of course can assist. Um, but for Prag, let me look at his sheet. Yeah, Prag doesn't have a focus that would apply here, and he hasn't. Oh well, I guess we can do that now very quickly. Um, so every time we reuse a uh, supporting character, uh, we are supposed to sort of modify them. So let's let's quickly do that because it could very well change um, how things play out here. So um, you guys have the option of 
uh, giving the following. And if you're looking along, it's on page 134 of the PDF. Um, you can uh, give the supporting character a value. You can give them a buff of an attribute by one. You can buff one of their disciplines by one. You can give them an additional focus. Or you can give them one talent. So does anyone have any preference as to what to give Prag? Uh, his engineering's a little low for his position as chief, so my suggestion would be to bump that up one. Okay. Sure. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Maybe least the least offensive. All right. So, uh, Prag's engineering will go from a four to a five. I actually think he's better than Mirthrin now. <laughs> Let's check for shits and giggles. Is he better than Mirthrin? Yeah, or no. They both have the same engineering. Good. Works out fine. Alright. Uh, so, uh, again, this is a insight plus engineering task. It is a difficulty four. Um, who would like to roll for Prag? Uh, I guess I can. Okay. Um, he does not have a applicable focus. But you can spend momentum as usual. You have three. Oh, should probably spend three. one at least for that. That was a reason engineering? Uh, in insight plus engineering. And now spend the momentum. Okay. I still roll 2d20 right there, right? Uh, you, while spending the momentum, you'd now roll three. Okay, uh, we have one complication uh -huh. so far. Um, let's see what Locke's rule is, and maybe Locke can get you out of this. And Locke, you can also spend momentum on your assist to have two d20 if you so wished. Yeah. So, we one momentum for an extra die, or, or two for... Yeah. We only have two momentum at the moment, so... Yeah. I'd spend one and save one in case we need it. I'm just worried about the, the, the cost. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying, I think. No, it, it would just be another one momentum. I'm, I'm not going to have it stack. Alright. Yeah, don't remember that for buying extra momentum for an assisting or not. Yeah, I'm somewhat confident that it's per character role rather than, you know, combined. But, yeah, let's just do it this way. Um, okay. So you succeed. But we do have a complication here. And what that complication is going to be, uh, I'll get to in a moment. So initially, Prag just kind of looks around. He pokes a few of the displays. Uh, he grumbles to himself in Tellarite fashion. And uh, eventually, he just kind of uh, goes up to one of the uh, Black Slaw, has a conversation with them. Then he goes over to Lieutenant Commander Kapanek, and he says... Sir, uh, I think I figured it out, but you ain't gonna like it. Very well laid on me, Chief. Well, uh, this facility, uh, works very similar to a starship in how it distributes energy. Uh, obviously, it does so in such a grandiose fashion to send giant pulses between installations. 
And I, uh, I'm able to determine that the equivalent of our EPS conduits uh, are simply in need of replacement. But to do that, we kind of would have to use technology on the Ophion that uh, they, and he thumbs over his shoulder at the slaw, don't really possess. I see. Uh, give me a moment, I'll confer with the captain. Of course. Uh, back to Ophion. Skull here, go ahead. Uh, we are currently at the second install uh, climate control installation. Uh, upon arrival, we discovered multiple dead red slaw casts. Uh, we determined that they died from a, an unidentified directed energy discharge. Uh, they died in, in a very odd sequential order uh, with varying times between. Uh, Chief Prague has determined that the their equivalent of EPS conduits need replacing in order for this installation to correctly function. Unfortunately, the slaw themselves are unable to um, manufacture this technology. Um, however, without this uh, installation, their climate would slowly degrade and eventually uh, perhaps endanger their entire civilization on board the ring. Uh, what are your orders, Captain? What sort of technology do they need? Uh, they need the equivalent of what we are EPS conduits to, uh, I guess, to carry the modulated energy to the correct systems. Oh, Mirthrin's going to love that. Well, considering that the civilization is already founded on technology that's above and beyond their capabilities and far beyond their understanding, I don't see much harm in adding our own kiboshed solution or kitbashed solution into their mix. I agree, and uh, the added benefit being that we would be able to show them how to uh, uh, repair these systems if necessary, unlike the progenitors of the ring, which are no longer here to pass that knowledge on. Well, that might be more interfering. We, if we if we just repair it, we're maintaining the status quo. We're not really interfering with their development. But if we show them how to fix it, that is changing how they would progress from now on. I wasn't aware of this conversation. <laughs> um, I at the same, but at the same time, we we're tell we're teaching a species how to ensure its own survival. Um, and basically what we're teaching them is a little bit of power modulation and some materi material repair, which it sounds like they're engineering-minded engineering individuals ha had figured out at least some of it, given that what, you, what you've told me about their warp core, and they have a ship of their own. I... I, I don't see a problem in helping them and teaching them to fend because if we don't teach them to fend for themselves the next time the next the next time something fails and given the age of this technology it's probably going to happen sooner than we'd like there may not be a, a, a starship passing by that could help them 
But I also see where Lieutenant Locke's coming in, and giving them this information would, would enable them to subvert a further event that would affect their development. Hmm. Yeah, it's that age-old question. Do you yes. enact the Prime Directive, or do you ignore it for a very good reason? Hmm. Man, even on my the suggestion, mission... Captain, would be to install the EPS conduits, and then allow the engineers at their own pace to study it, in order to reverse engineer and and come to their own conclusions as to how it is to work. I mean, that's what they've been doing with the rest of their this structure. I see that as a very effective compromise. It would allow for a more naturalized chain of events and allow for them their own uh, scientifically inclined um, members to develop their own systems for redundancies. Agreed. Per, um, as a failsafe, perhaps we should leave them a means of communicating with us should they require assistance in the future? Uh, I would I would think they already had that as we picked up their transmission in the first place. Yeah, I'm thinking something along the lines of perhaps a subspace beacon instead of these uh, ultra-low frequency radio waves that barely made it beyond their system. We are already giving them EPS conduits, Captain. I do not I do not see the benefits of giving them even more technology that they are not quite understanding the use of. Eh, couldn't hurt, but uh, couldn't hurt to ask. Very well. I'll have Merthrin, um and his team get the components needed, and then we'll begin a f uh, fixing what's broken. I got him. The neck out. All right. And then I'm gonna tell Ch you know update Prague and 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 tell him uh, to install the conduits. But not to go out of his way to, to show the uh, slow how to how they work or how to repair them. I can do that just fine, sir. Are they allowed to watch it all? Uh, they can watch and infer their own conclusions, but uh, let's leave it at that. Yeah, I can do that. I do that real good. All right. So to uh, kind of jump between scenes here. Um, it takes maybe the better part of a day for Mirthrin and Prague to get together uh, and come up with a specialized team uh, to come down and effect repairs. Um, obviously, uh, your two uh, Black Slaw are going to watch the entire uh, affair with fascination in their eyes, um, but they will not ask any questions. Um, you know, they obviously what you said was translated and they overheard. So they're 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 not going to pry. Um, but all said and done, uh, by the end of the day, uh, the weather control uh, center is fired back up. And uh, you see, uh, as you go outside to kind of get a better look, a great energy pulse emanates from the uh space between the two triangles that jut up into the air and proceeds through space and otherwise through to the original installation that you met the queen in it seems their system is back online however the deceased law inside are still quite the conundrum 
have you discovered have we discovered any more about what led to their demise um how would i like you to roll this i would say anyone who wants to Let's have Prague roll for this. Change my mind. Let's have Prague roll for this. Prague is going to roll another insight plus engineering, but I'm going to keep the difficulty a secret. And I'll roll for him. Um, would you like him to spend a momentum or keep it at two? Go ahead, spend one. Spend one? Okay. All right, so using the last bit of momentum. Wow, he gets exactly what he needed. Nice. Um, Prague is able to come up with the working theory that the slaw uh, in question, the red slaw in the hallway, uh, died when the facility tried and failed to emit power back to the sister installation. So all of that energy kind of washed through the, the facility and essentially killed uh, all of the uh, slaw in the area. Uh, and it was just coincidental that we happened to show up when it wasn't trying to restart? Correct. Lucky. Good thing, we decided, good thing we decided to take that detail. Uh, I will inform the two engineers law uh, as to their findings so that they can be aware of this in case of further uh, failures. Okay. Uh, and then uh, kind of dust my hands and congratulate the UA team on another job well done. Excellent. Uh, Zareed, since you brought it up, um, you'll get some good readings and good recordings of the uh, cir circular glyphs of the uh, predecessor language. Um, but again, this is going to be something you'll have to spend your own free time trying to figure out what the hell it means. Oh yeah, I'm just documenting. I have, I don't have time to research or apply direct or extended linguistic knowledge on. Okay. From a casual look, look, does it match any like known languages in the database? Nah, it's it's. It's kind of like sign language like there are obviously certain like gestures of sign language that might mean something in a different quote-unquote dialect but I, i'm trying to remember the the name of the one tng episode where you had the uh the mediator the ambassador that initially spoke through three other telepaths but when those died all he had was sign language and data had to go off and learn it um it's one of those things where it really could mean different things. Like you, even if you were to go up to the Ophion and spend the next two weeks trying to translate these glyphs, you would still have an educated guess. You wouldn't have a a, a definite result if that if that makes any sense. It is either the secret to a piece with galaxy recipe killer apple pie. <laughs> And uh, Zareed, um, I'm going to give this to you because it was an interesting point raised um, via privately. Um, you, as a Federation kind of diplomatic envoy, 
Uh, and this is something you can bring up to Vanek at your own discretion, or really uh, to the captain if you so wished. Um, you might not see, or you might see a good reason to maybe leave a representative or call for a representative to be brought here simply because at this point the slaw already know of the federation and further first contact might be beneficial it's really hard to say i mean at least they eh, i'll i'll include a i'll include a note in my i'll include my notes to them and say that further communication they would be open to further communication but there is no pressing need for one at the moment i could think of one i mean just the study of this alien tech there is that um we could have a starfleet corps of engineers out here get more ships in the expanse yeah i'll work something up and run it out to the uh, diplomatic folks okay so, uh, to bring it on in and start to wrap up the session, though, even though I say wrap up, we'll probably go another 20, 30 minutes. Um, all of you uh, collect backup on the Ophion, and you file the reports necessary. You discuss uh, the pros and cons of whether the Prime Directive really applied here. You know, stereotypical Federation things to do. Um, however, after probably about two days of you still kind of orbiting the ring world and taking scans, um, you get a hail from the surface. All right. Put, uh, put it on audio. Okay. Audio. So, uh, let me put you guys on the bridge for this. Probably a good spot for you. Um, so, uh, the audio transmission comes in. And you guys are immediately able to discern that it is uh, Queen uh, Fraxosia. And she says, I would like to extend a measure of gratitude for fixing our situation. If you are amenable to the idea, I wish to propose a exchange of the minds. I'm Captain Skull does a Vulcan impression and raises an eyebrow. In what way are you interested in exchanging Queen for Ferrotaxia? Well, if you were able to leave one of your engineers or have others from your uh, Federation, I believe is what I was told uh, exists, uh, we would like to send one of our own to join your explorationary efforts. Now that is an interesting, interesting uh, option. Um, I must warn. I must warn you, uh, Queen, that the Federation has uh, strict uh, guidelines on the knowledge that we are allowed to share with uh, newly encountered uh, species. Um, you are. A very unique species, both culturally and geographically, as we have admittedly never encountered a world such as the one you inhabit. And I can think off the top of my head ten 
uh, different Starfleet engineers who would love to make set up a permanent home on your world um, in order just to study and learn what they can. I, sus I can arrange something with the diplomatic corps. We are more than happy to accept an envoy of your species um, to come along with us. Um, we will do all that we can to ensure their safety, but with the caveat that space is very dangerous. Um, there is a minimal there is a minimal chance that the envoy may never return home, despite all that we can do to keep them safe. That is an acceptable risk. Um, I would like to ask, however, uh, I understand that most of the species aboard your vessel are male or female. Would you prefer one of my daughters or one of my sons? I have no preference either way. Um, we would prefer... Uh, please... Um, I'm just going to... If you would just give us a couple minutes to discuss this, Queen, and we'll be right back. Excellent. And I shall be waiting. I will, I'll just uh, signal for the conversation to be muted. Yeah, Shatsu mutes it for you. Bok is to keep his hands to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Locke, this is not a war. This is not a. Let's not declare war on the species or have it declare war on us, please. Yes, um, sir. <clears throat> um, so, thoughts on the matter? I imagine uh, that the black one of the black ones is the females and the red ones are males, or vice versa. So, I'm guessing we should find out which one yes um i the the black the black uh, solana obviously appear to be the more scientific type mm -hmm. and knowledge will benefit the federation far more than a security minded slaw so i have no problem taking one of them the, and the other option um an engineer or a science officer. I mean, given how uh, the lieutenant commander of Gamma Shift decided to take it on his own impetus to modify the sensor array without our authorization, this could be a good promotion for him. We could just send him down. I believe that's quite spiteful, Captain. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. We also don't want to send anyone down who's going to alter them. We want to send someone who's more of an observer. Otherwise, we are, again, violating them. I would suggest we take their envoy aboard and uh, allow them to await a diplomatic convoy to come. Uh, and that be their exchange of minds. I do not recommend giving over one of our own crew. I was leaning in the same way, Mr. Panek. We can... I mean, Starfleet's recently got a full diplomatic team to deal with the Zavoisie. Perhaps one of their number could um, take an extended uh, tour of duty on this planet, or some young, keen engineer with a diplomatic mind from uh, Deep Space Daedalus. No doubt Starfleet will be determined to come if only to uh, pry into the technology behind this ring world. Agreed. I can't help but wonder what the 
what so what makes this sector of space so interesting to old, long gone races? First the Decon and now these ring worlders. Wonder what else is out here. Uh, perhaps it is the distance from such young races such as their heirs. Entirely the possible. Um, let's put the uh, re resume the conversation. All right, Shasu hits the button. Ah, qu uh, Queen. Uh, my apologies for the de the extended delay. Your uh, request caught us at at a surprise. We just had to discuss. Understandable. Um, we would prefer one of your um, black-skinned uh, kindred. I believe you refer to them as your sons. Uh, their scientific minds will be of uh, great benefit to the Federation, and their no the knowledge that they bring back to your world would be extremely uh, beneficial to your culture and society. Um, as for an individual to remain on this planet, I'm afraid we my my ship and crew don't have we don't have a good person to offer you from our crew. However, if you wish to take this offer on faith, uh, on we can ha one of our our federation can dispatch an individual that meets qualifications within a relatively short period of time. If you wish to uh, keep your son and your offspring on your planet until we can make good on our side, then that is certainly understandable. I would be willing to take such an arrangement on faith. Uh, however, um, perhaps you have a bit of a misunderstanding about what I meant. Uh, while I am capable of birthing uh, any cast of slaw, uh, it is not particularly that the sons or daughters or anything in between uh, fill a specific cast. Uh, I could send you a son that was red as much as I could send you a son that was black. Same goes for a daughter. It is really a matter of preference and that which you think would mesh best with your crew. My sincere apologies in our assumptions about your culture. Uh, we, we embrace uh, equality among genders. Uh, we do not have a preference to male or female. Excellent. Then I believe I have the daughter in mind that would be eager to see the stars. Wonderful. Um, we shall pick her up in... Uh, we shall send down a ship to pick her up. Okay. So, no need, to, uh, no need to scare her with a tele or with a transporter on her first uh, day in space. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of mean. Alright. So, uh, we're going to uh, end the session uh, as I find... Uh, of course, hold on. I gotta find where it is. Where is the duck? There is the duck. So we're going to kind of uh, have a one-on-one a -on -one, um, between whoever is going to um, meet this individual um, and uh, kind of start to show them around. So uh, would the captain take the honor of showing uh, this uh, slaw around or... Would it be Panek? Would it be Zari? Like, who who would be designated for this task? I gave the last tour. <laughs> that you did. Um, probably, uh, probably the captain would do so. Okay. Um, yeah. 
just give him a bit of limelight in this story. All right. So uh, we'll say that uh, you give her a, a brief tour of the ship when she arrives. And um, she is, for lack of a better term, uh, like an eager freshman. She is eager to see, touch, and explore everything that's around her. And uh, your tour ends in the duck, which you had previously uh, requested be somewhat vacated so that it wouldn't kind of scare her off. And uh, Zenixia, as uh, her name is now known, um, kind of looks around and says, This is tremendous. Uh, what is it you do here? This is where the crew, uh, when, when we're not perf- this is where a lot of the socialize, uh, banter, relax, and converse in a more casual setting where rank does not apply. It's also where we can consume uh, food and it is also where we can consume food and drink um, that might not be sorry I don't think I can better? Better. Sorry about that. Um, This is where we can consume food and drink and relax and communicate between departments or perhaps um, you would refer to it as uh, between casts for the time being. Hmm. Uh, French friendships can uh, spark up between uh, crewmen on any between crew members on in any department, but sometimes cannot be nurtured within that department. So the crews will socialize on their t- time off out here. Also, we perform music and watch movies on what we call cultural nights, where we learn about one another's. Um, distinct culture, cultural uh, traditions and values. This is so much to take in. I, it's everything I hoped it would be. Um, you have uh, thought about going to the stars for a long time. Yes, it's been a very long dream of mine ever since I was a a child that one day I might see the stars. Well, if you choose to stay on the Ophion and believe me it is your choice if you wish to stay um we you will see as many stars as we can visit uh we are very new out into this part of space so we'll be seeing the stars together and almost as we cut away and the the camera kind of zooms out of uh the duck lounge um we see out on the outside kind of a very nice glittering shot of the ophion and the stars and the ophion just kind of lazily drifting through them and that's where we're going to end the session. Uh, so you guys stick around uh, for some after-session chat. But for those of you watching on uh, on Twitch or on YouTube, thank you for watching. And uh, hopefully you guys are having a good New Year. Uh, bye-bye.